Your Say on London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past seven, Sunday morning, wet. Wet, wet, and that's the forecast for the remainder of the day, I'm afraid. If you're going anywhere, take an umbrella, take your Packamac, take your Southwester. It's going to be one of those... I love it when it, when it is raining, because nobody goes outside, they all sit and listen to the radio, so that's always a big advantage for us. Uh, and the good news is, this morning, they're going to dig up Henry VIII. They've decided, if the Queen gives permission, that they're going to exhume the poor old chap and find out, through his uh, DNA, what disease drove him to behead two of his six wives. Well, I thought that he was riddled with syphilis. I thought that was how I should imagine. There probably weren't many diseases. When you think about it, the diseases that were rife in Henry VIII's day, uh, now we can cure. So if you had a toothache, I mean, what you'd have done if you had an abscess, I can't imagine. Because now you can drill up into it and they, and they drain abscesses and stuff like that. But in those days, you probably suffered quite badly. And people probably couldn't. So they had used to have wooden false teeth. Must have looked hilarious, mustn't it? Something out of a James Bond film. But they're thinking of digging him up. Because they uh, have concluded, so far, judging by some of the things that they've read about him, that he probably had a mental illness. So, we'll follow that one with great interest. Plus, uh, the NHS on the verge of bankruptcy. Why? Because we're all obese. We're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the reason we're getting bigger and bigger is because of all the fast food outlets. No matter how many times they tell you it's healthy, it isn't. It's cheap chicken, cheap burgers, cheap chips. Although we do like chicken cheap chips occasionally. Um, and it doesn't matter whether they sort of say, oh, we're going to put some salad in your pita bread so you can have a doner kebab and salad. It just doesn't, it doesn't equal the amount of ghastly fats, the trans fats, that you're putting into your body. So we're getting fatter and fatter, and the NHS are not coping. And in fact, as I said to you on Thursday, I got a phone call from my doctor during the week to say that um, it's sort of partly official, but partly sort of not official. Uh, they'd want to change one of my tablets. Because the tablet I'm on at the moment for cholesterol, Avrostatin, is really expensive. And so she said, I'd like to try you on another one, which I think, if memory serves me, is Silverstatin. And, uh, and she said, now, there might be side effects. And I said, what sort of side effects? She said, well, you know, you, you might get muscle pain and stuff like that. Just let us know, and in which case then we can put you back on, on the other tablets again. Because some people get side effects, some don't. So I spoke to my chemist, Mr Shah, and he said, yes, you could have side effects. But uh, let's just, just wait and see. So I'm starting those next week. And you should know within two days. And I got loads of emails from people the other day who were also having to change their tablets from Avrostatin to Silverstatin. So we'll, we'll find out. But it, it's for the cholesterol. I said, but my cholesterol's really good. I went, yeah, it's because you're on the tablets, which is why. Anyway, we've got the, uh, the papers. We've got Will Gang. Oh, we've got a how low for you today as well. We've got a how low. And uh, it's a nice one. You're going to want to go in for this one. Because la- was it last week, the week before, we had this fantastic Apple iPad, and it went for peanuts. Absolute peanuts. So I'm hoping today that somebody will also benefit from the Apple iPhone 3GS. Details coming up uh, very, very shortly. Plus, we take all your texts and emails, steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. Uh, will Gowing will be in to look at the papers. Darren will be sorting out all your computer problems. And if you've got one now, now would be a very good time to send in a question. Send it to steve at lbc.co.uk. The, the shorter you keep it, and the more cons- Don't do a page of the problem you've got, because we don't have enough time to do long, 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 long ones. So if you can just sort of itemise it down to, I've done this, computer doesn't work, or I've turned my phone on and that doesn't work. Because at the moment, I, on my iPad, uh, which I was having to resurrect, because you'd be pleased to know after last week, 
and my rant at AOL, uh, we are back online, so that's good news. But I did get panicky, so I bought a SIM card for my iPad, but I can't... F- I know where it goes, but I can't open the thing up. So I've had to bring it in, and then I tried to sync it with a computer... And the computer hasn't recognised it, so I don't know if we, we need to push a couple of buttons and everything else, but uh, so that'll be sorted out a little bit later on. Plus, we've got two wedding anniversaries. I think it's two wedding anniversaries, uh, which is good. Uh, and the papers. So I thought we might as well get down to business, because most of you sit there in the morning and think, right, let's work out which paper's going to be the best one to buy. And then by the time we finish doing the paper review, most of you go, right, well, we've heard what's in them, let's not bother. Because the big showbiz story of the week, it's not Jordan, it's not Kerry Katona, it's... What happened with Denise Van Outen at Channel 5? One minute she signed, they do all the publicity. In fact, in all the papers today, in the colour subs, there are adverts for Denise Van Outen and this five show. And, and then all of a sudden, she's not doing it. This is within days to go. She's doing it with a guy called Matt. And Matt um, was briefly on this morning, a man who quite clearly is, got, is, is he the Welsh bloke. To be honest with you, Nobody had ever heard of him before. He does this morning for what seems like five minutes, and now he's moving to Channel 5. Obviously, clearly under the delusional uh, effect that he's a good presenter. Whereas, he should have cut his teeth at this morning. Never, ever go onto a new show on a channel, because if it doesn't work, you're out, and then you're, you're crawling around for a bit of work. And he's not that good at the moment. He really isn't that good. But so what they've done is, Kate Walsh, who was doing the show on Channel 5 that they ditched, because... She's not very good, and because the show is rubbish, they've had to rope her in to be Denise Van Outen. So they've done all the publicity for Denise Van Outen, the photo shoots, the interviews, you know, saying, oh, they're going to be doing it, it's cutting edge. And it, well, of course, it won't be. You cannot reinvent the wheel. There is no point in actually putting a programme on there and saying they're going to be asking all the questions that nobody else asks. They're not, because all the PR companies were saying, well, we're not putting any guests up for it. And they're very reluctant, normally, to put people on there if it's an untested formula. And this is an untested formula. So, obviously, Denise and Matt rehearsed. And then, as the, as the story goes, she met with Richard Desmond. This appeared in Media Guardian, in The Mirror, and a number of other publications. And they obviously didn't hit it off. They obviously just didn't get on enough. So she quit, leaving them... With a lot of egg on face. It'll be interesting to see how many of Richard's publications, like OK Magazine and the Daily Star and the Daily Express, still continue to feature Denise Van Outen. But she obviously didn't like what she saw, and she said, well, you know, I'm not going to do it. Take some guts to do that. Whether she works again is another matter. But it takes some guts to actually quit a programme. When they've done all the publicity, they've spent a small fortune on camera shoots and photo shoots and pre-publicity and taking her here and taking her there in an effort to get an audience for a show. I think, to be honest with you, I think we've got more than enough of those kind of programmes on the television. I don't think you need another programme which Louis Walsh turns up on, and I think he's going to be one of the first guests. Uh, The proviso being he's going to be spilling the beans on Simon Cowell. Well, then why not get Simon Cowell? What's the point of getting Louis Walsh on? Who won't be telling you anything that you don't know or haven't read or heard on LBC? Because he doesn't know any more. He could, he could do speculation, but every time they've got always oh, really cutting edge, Louis, and I've watched him, I thought, you're not actually saying anything. It's like, I, I can do a piece, you know, on them next door and say, I'm going to tell you exactly what Caroline and Johnny are really like, OK? But, but I won't be. Yeah, exactly, she's gone, dare you. And, uh, you know, but it's... No, don't do it. <laughs> Especially with Johnny. But, but you just don't do that kind of thing. So I'm beginning to wonder how this programme's going to pan out. Because Kate Walsh was dropped, presumably, because she wasn't any good. 
So now they've had to bring her in. And the reason they brought her in, I'll tell you, it'll be this. They'll be thinking, right, two days to go before for transmission. Do we trawl for another presenter? In which case, the agent of a particular... Just supposing Caroline was up for it. You know, she was a big name and all the rest of it. And her agent will then be going, wait a minute, you've only got two days, we're looking for big money. Richard Desmond don't pay big money. Richard Desmond pays diddly squat money. So that's why you've got people like Vanessa Feltz on there, because she'll work for Thruppence in an effort to get back on the television with her naff fiancé. So that's why they, they would not go to an agent, because the agent would be saying, listen, two days and you want Caroline? Well, she's going to cost you a premium on that one. And so he'd be going, no, I'm not doing that. Listen, I'm giving her a job. And they haven't got enough time to rehearse it, so they've had to give it to Kate, who they didn't want anyway. It's all a bit worrying, isn't it? Anyway, here is my how low for today. Cool, I mean, you think, you think that's, uh, that's interesting. You wait till you hear the front of the news of the world today. And uh, the inside pages and, uh, oh, my Lord above. Uh, never mind the Mexicans. Top Gear have been sent death threats after slating the Welsh. Gets better and better, doesn't it? Everybody's offended now. Have you noticed? Everybody gets offended. You know, it doesn't matter what you say to somebody. Mm, they get offended, you know. I think, you know, that's rubbish. Mm, you know, I, I don't like... Mm, Everybody cries. We're just so mamby-pamby and wussy now. You know, we, there was that woman on the television the other day, ever since she was dropped by the BBC for being too ancient, and then she takes them to court, and they go, well, actually, you're not really too ancient, and um, so we're going to... We, we like older women at the BBC. In fact, most of the BBC males are like old women, so we've decided that we're going to bring them So she appears on The Right Stuff, and, and it was all over the fact that somebody had said to her, listen... HD television's coming in. There's a lot of young presenters. How about a bit of Botox? Now, it's not so offensive. If I say to Caroline, you know, listen, we've got some big guests coming in here now. You know, it'd be nice if you put some makeup on and comb chain, like that. You know, and it, it, it would be equally helpful. The funny thing about this particular woman is she's perfectly pleasant, perfectly competent, and yet she dyes her hair. Because I suppose if she didn't, she'd have grey hair. She does it for vanity reasons. So why you'd get funny about somebody saying, you know, you really need to, you know, buck your ideas up? Because it's become... Comp- everybody knows how competitive it is in television. Not so much for men, but women still want to look at something. That's, strangely enough, actually, it's probably more applicable to women. That's why they tried a, a version of Loose Men with, with Jeff Brazier. Why you'd ever invite Jeff Brazier onto a panel to discuss anything, I can't imagine. He's as dim as a plank. And, so, and, the, and it didn't work. Because you cannot have four... You could put stick four queens in a room and stick them on a panel, but you, you can't do it with four, in inverted commas, heterosexual people because they've got nothing to talk about. Because all blokes want to talk about is sort of women, boobs and football and beer. Probably not in that order, but roughly in that kind of... So what's the point? However, today, to cheer you up, I have a fantastic how low. It is an Apple iPhone 3GS. I'll tell you how it works in a moment. Oh, and I must tell you another thing. I sent a moon pig card the other day. I sent a moon pig card, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story in a sec because it's, it's, it's quite interesting in so much as don't, don't get caught out like I was. Okay, a, a, because I'm particularly dim when it comes to filling in cards. I've got no idea what I'm doing anyway. So I'll tell you, but hopefully if my goddaughter's listening, mummy, turn the radio off. Okay, because otherwise she'll hear it, it'll ruin it. Quarter past seven. BC 97.3. Steve Allen. So, provided my goddaughter is not listening, I'll tell you the story about the Moon Pig card. Because some time ago, probably about six months ago, uh, I was going to send a Moon Pig card, and I went on there. And I find things a bit confusing. Were you moving the mouse about all over the place? I'm not really sure what I'm doing anyway. And they said, listen, if, if you deposit £50 with us, we'll give you an extra, I think it was something like £20. 
So I thought, well, that's quite a good idea. So I deposited my 50 quid and got, for the purposes of this conversation, an extra 20. So I ended up with 70. So I sent a card off, sent two cards off, uh, which are very nice. I had, it, it took me a bit of a while to work out how you do it. You put up the card you want, and then you change the script, and you put the name in and everything else. So when it came the other day, I had 50-something pounds on my account, and I thought, I'll send a card to Danielle because she's seven. So I'll do a personalised one. So I go to Kids Cards, and we get a card which has got princesses on the front of it. So I put her name on the front, which comes up in glitter, which looks very nice. Then I went to put it on the inside, and then I got it on the wrong page. So then I... So 20 minutes in, I'm still doing this blast. So this is on the Friday. So I'm, I'm getting quite carried away by this time, because I've ordered her. She wants... Well, I can't tell you what she wants, because she might, it might filter back to her. But we, we did buy what she wanted, just not the most expensive one. Anyway, so I do the Moonpig card, and I click on the thing, and it goes, this is two ninety nine, And I then think, well, I want it to arrive Saturday. Yesterday. So, yes, well, it said, click on here to, to guarantee your card will arrive Saturday. Special delivery. So I do all of that. So the card magically jumps up in price from two ninety nine to ten pounds sixty. It's seven pounds something to to actually have the special delivery. So of course I'm I'm th- all of a sudden thinking perhaps I've sent two cards because I remember distinctly it was only two ninety nine and they'll send the card they put a stamp on it and they're apparently really good for arriving on time. So I've ended up spending nearly eleven quid on this b- most expensive birthday card I've ever sent. Would have been easier to send one of my old Clinton's cards because they had a range of Japanese cards. But I mean, she's seven; she's not going to appreciate Japanese card. But this one's got little twinkly lights in it. You push a button, and all these lights twit. But it does say to the one I love. It just seems a bit odd sending one to your goddaughter at seven. It's not the you know, but I haven't found anybody I want to send it to, so I sent it to myself. And um, you know, which is the easiest thing to do. So nearly eleven pounds for this birthday card. But I do. They've got these different cards, and I remember years ago some listeners sent me them in where I had my name on the side of a bus. And then there was another one somebody sent in, which was a video of somebody doing an interview in America, but it had my name inserted. And it had people walking around in a row with big placards saying, we want Steve Allen. And it was... And I remember thinking, that's really clever. And that was another one that you can change and put somebody's name on so they become famous. I quite like that idea. I thought that was really good. Stuart Weybridge isn't worried about the weather. He says, maybe dull outside, but Robson Green and Ruby Wax. Well, 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 well which is nice. Do you know what I found the other day? I found it in here. I was going through the boot of the... You know I'm, I go through the boot of the car on all occasions. Found one of my chocolate Santas in the boot of the car. I've no idea where to spare one. You've got to eat it by January, February, March, April, May, June, July, September. And it's, it's, the, it's the, the Santa wearing the red sexy outfit. Did you get one of these, Johnny? Yeah, you had one of those. Did you eat the head first or... Yeah, thanks. I'll share that with you. And they're quite nice from, from Chocky Wocky Doodah. I might break that open later on and just, you know, celebrate a little bit of chocolate. <laughs> Certainly not jelly babies, that's a fact. We've had enough trouble with jelly babies in the past, I think, to, to sink the proverbial ship. So the special how low for today, because it's wet and because it's miserable and because you don't want to go outside and uh, because everybody's coming. It's all, it's all going to be happening here today. You might as well just take the radio with you everywhere. There's no point. And really, I can't think of anything you want to do today that is exciting. I'm driving to my brother's because we're going out for lunch. So, of course, it's going to be raining all the way down the motorway. So, perhaps I could cheer you up by offering you in our How Low an Apple iPhone 3GS. I shouldn't need to tell you about them. I've got one. Very nice it is, too. In fact, I just, my friend Michael bought me a new case for it, which I love because I can access all the controls quite easily. just means you have to open it up to, uh, to make the thing... So you can answer the phone calls. But with this particular one, it's the phone, the iPod, a three-megapixel camera, 
a high-quality video recorder, an internet device, and it's got eight gigabytes of memory, so you can put all your music on there, you can put your photos, your videos, everything. So I was checking with a friend of mine, Giles, the other day, and I said, oh, how many tracks have you got on your, uh, on your iPhone? Because <laughs> he's got an iPhone now. And I think he had something like 600 and... or 400 and something. So I checked on mine, because I didn't know where I was checking. I've got 4,500 tracks on mine. So it doesn't matter how many tracks you've got, you can put them on the phone. Now, how you get hold of this Apple iPhone 3GS is nothing short of simplicity. The person with the lowest unique bid will win. This is a, a completely electronic how low. There's nothing to touch, nothing to go wrong. It's all straightforward. What you have to come up with is a low unique bid. When I say low unique bid, the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. So it's got to be all by yourself on this one. What you do is you take your phone, go into text, and you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, and then your bid in pence. So, for example, if you want to bid 41 pence, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, 41, and then send that to treble eight two one. If you want to bid pound eighty-seven, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, 187, just in the numbers, and send it to treble eight two one. It's as simple as that. The computer will tell you if you have a unique bid. And that's what you need to hang on to. So you might, you might say, put in six pence this morning, and it might go all the way through to, say, like, nine o'clock, and then if somebody else puts in a bit of sixpence, the computer will write back to you and say, you don't have a unique bid anymore, somebody else has picked the same number, and so in which case you, you might want to go lower or you might want to go a bit, depending. OK, this competition finishes at 10am this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Full colour touch screen so you can view videos, play games and browse the internet as well. So that's the Steve Allen How Low for today. It's your very own 3GS Apple iPhone. It's the must-have. Even if you keep it for Christmas and give it away to somebody else, it's still worth having and it'll go for pennies. Pennies! Uh, free with the Express today, Alan Titchmarsh Seeds. And uh, they say worth more than £40, plus free love hearts. But I think you have to cut the token out and then go to... Because it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, so happy Valentine's Day. I'm not really into it. I did explain the other day. I think it's a terrible rip-off. Because everything's going to be going out. Nothing says I love you more than a cheap bunch of flowers. And the papers are full of cheap bunches of flowers. You know, four pounds here, five roses. Many of the roses and flowers come from Kenya, surprisingly. About nine million blooms will come over. I've always liked the Costco ones. They do these big red velvet roses. And they're only about 20 quid a bunch. And they're just beautiful. They're just beautiful. I would love to have fresh flowers every day. Imagine if you had sort of a big enough house and you go, right, we'll have a big... I'd love to have people turning up. In the morning, with sort of big bouquets and stuff like that, and you just fill all the bit like Buckingham Palace, bit like Buckingham Palace, just just quite not that big, I think, and not that much gold furniture. Although I do like gold furniture, and um, so I was sort of looking at all these flowers, and I was looking at all the adverts in the papers for how cheap they go. You know, you can get a meal for two in Waitrose for fifteen pounds. I think in Marks and Spencers it's twenty pounds. Somebody else was doing a meal for two for a tenner. Now, to be honest with you, I know that all the restaurants listening, and there'll be a few up at this time of the morning because they'll be cutting the vegetables for lunchtime and tonight, it's, it's their big day of making money. Why, in God's earth, you'd want to go out on Valentine's night and sit in a restaurant looking miserable? Because nobody ever goes in there happy, do they? Because you're always looking at all the other couples thinking, they look happier than us. Why do we? And nobody's got anything to talk about. Because what you really want to do is, I mean, some people will be holding hands over the table, and they'll be the people who've only just met. Everybody else is sitting there with their hands under the table, staring into the distance, a bit like a Victoria Woods sketch. 
because no, nobody wants to go out on Valentine's night. Because I don't know what people think is going to happen. I think you go out there and the waiters come over. You want a rose? Thank you, rose. And they give you a rose. It's all a bit cursory, isn't it? And then you sort of you walk out and it's raining and it's mid. Your hair's ruined, and you get back home and he goes, uh, "All right, night." And he, he he goes to sleep on the settee. Sounds familiar to many of you, I should imagine. Sounds familiar to loads of people. But yet, Valentine's Day, we seem to have embraced it. And everywhere you go, I mean, even in Poundland, they've got 12 plastic roses for a quid. You're not seriously going to be giving plastic roses to anybody, are you? I suppose the idea is that kids are going to give it to their parents. But everybody else is just getting a box of chocolates. I mean, I've got... I bought some chocolate bunnies yesterday to take down to my brother's for lunch today because his, his girls are going away Jess is going over to Thailand and Tasha's going to go to China and so I thought I'd take them down some chocolate bunnies and, and I bought some chocolate bunnies in Marks and Spencer's and as usual I tend to buy with, with eyes as opposed to with price tags so I picked up I don't know how many bunnies I've picked up. One, two, three, four, probably about five bunnies in, in boxes. A couple of them weren't bunnies at all, so not even anything to do with Easter. Uh, but they're, they're ducks with little hats. They're really quite cute, but they're like £8. But I didn't realise until I bought these things, it was £32. Small wonder people put stuff on credit card. And so I bought them some little chocolate things, because I'm not, I'm not a big chocolate eater. I mean, I'm really not. I'd, if given the choice, I'd rather have Twiglets or, or cheese footballs. or, or not jelly. I've been forbidden from Jelly Babies. Forbidden, I'm afraid. Amanda has, has raided the cupboard, take away anything that vaguely resembles a jelly baby. After we had, let's just call it an incident on a Friday, where I consumed... I, ch- I know, I know I could do it with Caroline, she doesn't care. But I had half a packet, and apparently it was the funniest programme I've ever done. I don't remember any of it at all, because the sugar is just... It's so concentrated. I mean, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And at the end of the programme... In fact, she said to me yesterday, she said, you're never having jelly babies again. Because I said I wanted to take some to the Mermaid Theatre. I said and we could have them. <laughs> We, we could do them. I didn't think for the first show, but maybe for the second show. Because sometimes by the second show, you know, you've done the first show and you've said hello to everybody and signed photos and all the rest of it. And I thought, if we, if we all have jelly babies... And I said to John Warrington, you could hand out jelly babies. And Amanda's going, we're not having any jelly babies there. And I thought, oh, go on. I'm sure you'd all like a jelly... So I'm going to go and buy jelly babies. And uh, we can have some jelly babies on the evening of the... I think it's the 26th at The Mermaid. And two shows, one at three, one at seven. Three o'clock, sold out. Seven o'clock, nearly sold out. And uh, we've got a, a new first half. He's very, very clever. I won't tell you anything all about him. Details on steveallenshow.com. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Sunday morning. It's LBC. It's miserable in London. Miserable morning. It's overcast. But it doesn't matter because it's the BAFTAs tonight. A friend of mine's working on them. And uh, all up by the Royal Opera House, they've closed the roads off. So opposite Bow Street, all the lights are up and the, the gantries. Are, it looks really flash. Because I was up there yesterday. I was having... Uh, I was having uh, lunch in town with an ex-producer, strangely enough. And you can never go out, you know, with an ex-producer without sort of, you know, us going, what's that going on up there? And I'm, I'm a bit nosy. I like to go and have a quick look. And we did, I went to Penhaligans because I always like to buy a candle for, uh, for people. And, and then I went back and bought some more candles for myself. <laughs> so I, was, I was having quite a good day, actually, yesterday, uh, except for parking in London, which costs £17 something for four hours. Just ludicrous. The, the amount of money you spend. Come to the Mermaid Theatre, it's only about £2.50 to park in the, the NCP car park next door. So details of that show on steveallenshow.com. So different first half, completely different. You won't have seen this person before, but he's very, very, very good. I'll introduce him, and then I'll do the second half. We'll do questions, and we'll, I think we've got a slideshow as well this year, which is quite exciting, isn't it? And Jelly Babies. So it's the 26th of this month. Uh, Mark says, I bought four Valentine's cards yesterday. I'm too scared to write them in case I get into trouble. Well, don't write them, then. 
Don't write, why, why would you get into trouble for writing a Valentine's card? You're not going to put your name, address and phone number in it, are you? Most people just put, you know, kiss or guess who, which drives me mad. I don't know. And he says, should I keep them for 2012? Well, if are not going to use them this year, they won't be available to use in 2012, will they? I wouldn't have thought so. Um, Paula says, what do you keep in the boot of your car? It sounds like a TARDIS. I wish it was a TARDIS. It'd be a lot easier to... I keep everything in there. I keep everything. At the moment, I've got a boot tidy, and uh, <laughs> Pete will tell you, because they, you know, they look after the car and Jerry, uh, that they open up the boot of my car, and they can't believe what's... Even I don't know what's in it half the time. I found a box of Christmas cards the other day, unopened. And Giles, I had a spare... Don't ask me how. A spare um, hands-free kit in the boot, so I gave him that for his car, but it's solar power, because I bought it, I think I just like the look of packaging, I think I'm, I'm going through a strange phase in my life, where I like the look of something, and I think, I'll buy that, even though I've got two in the car already, and another three in the boot, what's the point, it is just ridiculous, just ridiculous, so, I mean, it's not like a TARDIS, Paula, it's just like, just busy, it's got all sorts of things in there, Sarah, says, when are you going to interview Ruby Wax for longer? I thought that was just the right amount of time, actually. It was just the right amount of time. Come and have a lovely day at the Sarratt Antique and Collectors Fair. Great food and wonderful shopping in Sarratt Village Hall in Hertfordshire. And that's Regina. She says, uh, loved listening to the super Ruby Wax. She's got a lot of fans, Ruby, hasn't she? A lot of fans. Really has. Uh, my friend Daryl is, uh, is on his way to BAFTA now. It's not till this evening and they're starting work at BAFTA already. He's working with Nick Lazarus on the uh, E-Red Carpet show. Lovely. Nick Lazarus. Nick Lazarus. Actually, strangely, I, haven't talked of, I wasn't talking of Nick Lazarus, but it, it reminds me that, um, that one of our contributors during the week has just had his, his hair cut, and he posted a picture of it. He's never had his hair cut, not for ages and ages. And uh, so I'll tell you about that one a little bit later on, because somebody contacted me and said, did you know that so-and-so has just had their hair cut? And I went, Really? And they went, yes. And uh, so I, I wrote to Jonathan Levi. Oh, giving it away. And I said, oh, I said, you've, you've had your hair cut. He said, how do you know that? He said, everyone just posted it. I said, uh, people tell me things. People tell me things. Uh, people tell me things about Kerry Katona, but I, I declined to actually believe most of them. I can't believe she's as stupid as that, but uh, apparently she is. And then do you remember last week after Jason uh, made some comments to Karen Barber? Quite justified quite justified. Karen stood up and interrupted, you know, and he, he turned round to her and said, listen, if people valued your opinion, you'd be on the panel. And of course she's not. She was demoted from the panel because she's not interesting enough. Nobody wants an expert on the panel. You want somebody like Jason who can get reaction in the newspapers. You know, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for not necessarily sort of shock jock because he's absolutely right in everything he says. She was just being silly. And, and so, of course, who, who has to jump on the bandwagon Kerry Katona, Little Miss Needy, Little Miss Me, 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 Me. And she says here, Jason's cruel jibes drove me to the brink of a breakdown. Oh, dear. I mean, she's such a drama queen. She really is. She says, I took what he said to heart. I had counselling. Of course you did, darling. Of course you had counselling. So, you know, picked up your money and your agent picked up the 20%. She says, he's a... Then a very rude word, because she's quite vile. Louis Spence would be better. Stupid girl. She says, I haven't had sex for ages. I'll need instructions. You know, the trouble is, poor Kerry Katona has aged very quickly. In the last six months, she's looking old and haggard and trotting out the same old rubbish before. I'm clear of drugs for the first time since I was 14. Nobody gives a toss, dear. Nobody cares. We really don't care. Just stop droning on about your boring life. We know it's boring. We've seen you. You're very dull. I've watched you on the programme. My God, you're a bit temperamental if the cameras aren't on you. And when I've seen you being interviewed, it comes over as fake. 
So, you know, try and get a reality check um, and just take that everything that Jason says to heart because he's right. He's the expert. You're just the old druggie who's off drugs now. That's it. That is your claim to fame. It's a bit sad and pathetic. And sometimes I can't even believe you've had children. You're so stupid at times. But uh, I'd be, gla- be glad if we didn't see you in the papers. I'd be glad if we didn't see John Terry's mother, Sue Terry. She's working in a meatpacking factory for eight quid an hour, even though he earns 150000 a week. Although the good news is that she arrived for a 7.30 start in those nafug boots uh, in a 35,000 black Audi A4 cabriolet, which was a gift from her Chelsea skipper son. They're such a class family, the Terrys. They really are. Uh, Matthew says, in Asda and Harrogate... I'd love to go to Harrogate. It's got a very famous tea shop, hasn't it? Betty's of Harrogate, where they always feature very highly in the mince pie steaks and everything else. You can get good birthday cards for £1.50. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea. He says, I got a happy birthday princess card for my 24th. And he's written joke that it wasn't. <laughs> Bet it wasn't. Uh, Bridget says, David and I are going to see Priscilla for Valentine's Day. His third time and my fifth. I can't wait better than any meal out. Well, you can't beat... Andrew Pierce, he's seen it 13 times. 13 times. I mean, he's, he's practically on nodding terms with the cast. Must be one of the only shows in town next to Wicked that people go time and time and time again. They've got a big opening for Wicked coming up this week as well because they've got a new cast change. And I've, I must have seen Wicked probably about five times, like four or five times. I love it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's so good, really. So you have a, a nice time, the both of you. And uh, if you've got a question for Darren, send it in now. Send it in now to steve at lbc.co.uk. Steve at lbc.co.uk. A booking for Valentine's Day lunch at a TV chef's restaurant is sold on eBay for £247. That's a reservation for two at Heston Blumenthal's New Eatery in central London. was snapped up after a 40-bidder auction. I think that's really cheap. You might think that's a lot of money, but the the waiting list on the, uh, the new restaurant... Uh, at dinner, it's called, um, is it's about three months. So if you pay £250, if you like Heston Blumenthal, and I do, uh, it's well worth it to jump the queue. And you've got a booking for Valentine's Day. There's always something going. You know, if, if you've got the money, you, you can actually, you know, get whatever you want. Money kind of says... And so for people who've got a lot of money, 247 to make sure that on Valentine's Day you can get into Heston Blumenthal's new restaurant seems a bargain. You see people on the table and they go, oh, and somebody's just moved into, was it um, one of Bernie Eccleston's daughters? A £56 million house. I can't, you know, you can't believe that property like that exists. Yet there's one that's just come in Petersham. It's a converted church. It was on Knight Frank's website the other day and it's come in at £12 million. Now, to the majority of us, you might as well just whistle in the wind because we're never going to afford a £12 million house. Even if you win the lottery and win a million, you can't afford it. So there's no point. But it just looked enormous. It's, it's, it was a church, but it was never consecrated. So it's in its own grounds. It's got an indoor swimming pool. It's got this and that. And I looked at it and I thought, it's lovely, but my God, you need a lot of furniture to fill it up. It's no good just putting one or two settees, which they've got on the photos. Check it out. Just go onto Knight Frank's website and click on residential property and type in Richmond. It'll say Richmond, Yorkshire, Richmond... London. Click on, and it's the second property in. And you'll look at it and go, that's lovely. And click on the picture. I find it fascinating. I, I do have fantasy lottery spend. Every so often, I go onto their website and think, right, I've got limitless money, which house would I buy? And I've got three on there at the moment that I'm, I'm toying with buying. One is seven million, one is six, and the other's now twelve. And, and to be honest with you, and then you think, what would you do? You'd rattle around, wouldn't you? That's why it makes me laugh. People win the lottery, and they buy these huge houses, and they just roll around in them. 
There's nothing really, to, nothing really to do at all. Uh, Simon Cowell has factored in some extra work for Declan Donnelly's girlfriend, Georgie Thompson. My God, she was so lucky going out with Declan, wasn't she? So that she could further her career. Uh, he's lined her up to replace Connie Huck on X Factor 2. Apparently Georgie missed out on the role to the ex-Blue Peter presenter last year. She's 33. I bet she did. But uh, fans of the show didn't take to Connie's presenting style. I have to be honest, she's a bit slapdash, Connie Huck. I don't want to be rude about it, because I'm sure she's perfectly pleasant. But her, her presenting style leaves a lot to be desired. It, it really is. It's very, very sloppy. She's almost as bad as Dermot O'Dreary, who, to be honest, how, how he ever got the gig, I've got no idea. And I've heard him on radio, and he's not much better on radio. I don't speak as anybody who's an expert on radio, but I just, I, I can spot people who just seem to be putting on an act, and it just drives me mad. I tell you who's not very well at the moment, Elizabeth Taylor. She's gone into hospital. She's in intensive care in the Cedars-Sinai Hospital with family. She's 78. Uh, they say she's got heart failure at the moment. It's, it's, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of her in the paper today, and uh, they said here the family appreciate the warm support of the fans. She's on oxygen, and she's been battling heart and liver problems for months. It must be awful when you get to that stage where she's in a wheelchair, she's not making movies. I think the last movie she made was... Um, was it Ugly Old Broads or something? It's a, it had all these old actresses in. It's got Joan Collins and stuff like that. It's, it's really quite a good little movie. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's got legends in it. And I like that because I was going through the other day, because my friend Ray sent me uh, DVDs of all the Royal Variety performances. And I was flicking through the early Royal Variety performances. The big stars, you know, people that we used to remember seeing on the television all the time. They had uh, Julio Iglesias and they had uh, Stepan Grappelli. Uh, I mean, just everybody, every big star you can ever think of. And yet when it came down to it, Bob Monkhouse hosting and Bruce Forsyth and Ronnie Corbett just wiped the floor with everybody else. They were just so... Bob Monkhouse, it just... The stage was his, his natural place, and I sat down and watched them, and I phoned up a friend of mine, and I said, you know, I'm just watching a Royal Variety performance from 1986, I think, or whatever it was. I said, you know, the quality of the acts was so much better than you get today, except when it came down to Bananarama, who came on and mimed. They came on and mimed. I mean, absolutely unforgivable in this day. And then I suddenly realised, I don't think Bananarama ever sang live in their lives. I remember seeing them at the Des O'Connor show. I went to a Des O'Connor show once with Leslie Joseph. Don't ask how that came about, because I've got no idea. And uh, Rowan Atkinson was on the bill and various other people. And Banana Ramaron, miming. And I think they were just a studio band. I don't think that they ever did anything live at all. So they bring them on the Royal Variety performance, and they mime. And then they had tributes to... Oh, it was so wonderful. Jessica Martin was on there. I mean, just everybody. It was a... Marty Webb... Marty... Not Marty Webb. Yeah, M Marty Webb was on, and the other Marty... No, not Marty Pello, no, that's no, a woman. She used to do new new faces, very tall woman, friend of Nina Mishkoff. Although everybody used to call her Miss Cow. Bruce Forsyth called her Nina Miss Cow. And she was the first of the of the honest judges. She wasn't saying things just for an effect. She was just being honest. But nowadays you can't say things because people get written, can't say that about me. You know, you say somebody's act was awful. And of course they were awful and they should have known they were awful, but they never, they never kind of think about it, do they? They just think they have a God-given right. So when you see the start of Britain's Got Talent, you'll realise that for the first three weeks they're going to put all the stupid people on. And we'll all laugh at them, and they'll have breakdowns, they'll threaten Simon Cowell, they'll be doing this, they'll be doing that, and people will be picking on Michael McIntyre, and you wouldn't find a nicer, more innocent person. And you're going to find that, and we all sit there and we laugh at these people because they truly believe they've got talent where they've got nothing. It isn't until you watch a royal variety performance or uh, live from Her Majesty's that you realise what talent is. It's people who can walk onto a stage, hold it, and you just sit there transfixed looking at them. 
It's like listening to the radio. That's why some people succeed and some people don't. I was talking about this to Nick Majerison. We were talking about shock jocks. And I said, I said, to be honest with you, you know, having been in the business a long while, I've heard a lot of shock jocks. I said, and they're not working anymore. Why? Because it just, nobody's interested in somebody coming on just saying something for an effect. Whereas everything I say, I absolutely mean. I've never once done anything for an effect at all. As my uh, track record testifies. Look at the time. Quarter to eight. Morning, everybody. Thank you, James. Very much indeed to be back on LBC on Monday. It's Steve Allen's Sunday breakfast. I don't know if you shop in Poundland. I don't know if you... I mean, I have wandered in there on odd occasions. I have bought a few things. According to a report in the News of the World today, pound shops on certain items, certain items, can be up to 33% dearer. But people think if it's in the pound shop, you're getting a bargain. For example, uh, on some of them you are. But they've got here clear as sills, stay clear skin, perfecting wash. Uh, they're doing it here for uh, pound stretcher, £2.49. In Asda, £2. They're doing Fox's chunky cookies in Poundland, they're a pound. And in Morrison's, they're 84p. Zoflora in the 99p store is the antibacterial disinfectant, 99p. In Asda, 69p. So you've got to shop around for some of these stuff. I think people just think, because how many times you go in there, you don't just spend a pound or 99p, you end up spending a lot of money. And so what they've said is, you have to shop around. In Poundland, Hartley's, no bits jam, a pound. Morrison's, 67p. Poundland, Heinz, Weight Watchers, tomato soup, a pound. Asda and Tesco and Sainsbury's, 72p. So it pays to shop around. The trouble is you can't do it all the time, can you? It's absolutely not possible to go around. I mean, some people might, but for the, for the, the shoe leather... I've never actually thought about it. I just, I think, listen, I'll buy it all in one shop. It's like shopping around for petrol. Do you shop around for pe- I've never shopped around for petrol. Only years ago when we collected Green Shield stamps. That was the only time that we shopped around for petrol. We'd sit there and go, wait a minute, they're only double stamps. Let's go to the... Oh, down the road, they've got four times. So you'd go there and they had the big stamps and they had a machine. And, you know, if you spent £12, they'd push 12 and that would come the right amount of stamps. Remember those ones? I used to love that. I used to work in a garage. Couldn't get away from the smell of petrol. I loved the smell of pet. I've not changed at all. It doesn't smell the same as it used to. I see Cheryl Cole has put her romance with Derek Hoff on hold. Yeah, right. Uh, as they say, she considers taking back cheating hubby Ashley. Amazing, isn't it? And uh, apparently, uh, who else is this? Red Red Wine pop stars UB40, who rose to fame in the last recession, face going bust. Liquidators are chasing five original members of the reggae band, which sold 70 million records worldwide. Blimey. That's not good, is it? What do these people do with all the money? And they, and they do make a lot of money very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Uh, I love Ruby Wax, says uh, Les. He says, I can't stand a Valentine's Day lot. Never have, I hate it. It's too commercialised. A bit like Christmas and Easter. Yes, I mean, Christmas is the same. I mean, Christmas has got nothing to do with Christianity. It's got nothing to do with, with the baby Jesus, even though they've, we've kind of woven it in. The church have capitalised because they think we better better jump on this bandwagon. But most church services are woven around people's eating habits on Christmas Day. So you've got to make sure they get a few people in there and say, thank you very much, Lock the doors and everybody off home for something to eat and presents. And that's what people do now. And it's all become commercialised. Easter becomes commercial. You ask anybody, what, what does Easter mean to you? And they'll go, Easter eggs. They don't think anything else. They really don't think Easter has anything to do with the Bible or the crucifixion or anything at all like that. They just think it's Easter eggs. It's like, what, what does Christmas mean to most kids? It means presents. What else does it mean? It means uh, a tree. OK, what else? Nothing. 
It's just presents and a tree, and we're not, we're not at school, so that's quite nice. Uh, Stephen Harlington says, no good you buying the house in Petersham. Your car is too big for the tiny roads. Well, actually, round by Tommy Steele's old house, it is, it is quite, quite tight round there, but I can't get... Not if there's a bus coming in the opposite direction. I do panic. I panic every time, because some people get so close. I'm like, oh, don't, please. Don't get so close to the car. I do worry. And uh, Gary is off to Sandown Racecourses. But you are so fit. Gary is doing all these races every Sunday. I mean, I'd love to do them, but, you know, I, I, I just can't. There's no point in embarrassing myself and everybody else there. I'd love to be fit. I would love to better take a tablet. You go to bed at night, you take a tablet, you wake up in the morning, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're like a fit person. But I had, I've got a cousin, John, and he did all these, all these races. Uh, and to be honest with you, he was, he was what I call lithe. Probably about the, we're probably about the same age, actually. Most of my cousins, you know, of that particular generation, were all roughly the same age. And, and he used to go running at all, so there's not an ounce of fat on him. I just feel a bit overweight. I'm hoping by the time we get to the mermaid, which Gary is looking forward to very much, I'm hoping I've lost a bit of weight. And I've decided I might have to wear a different shirt, I think, for this one. You always have to try things on the night before just to find out what's going to fit. But he says, what will get me going is my big bag of jelly babies. This is for the race. Ten kilometres. Seems like a... You know, <laughs> seems far too far away, doesn't it? Actually, talking of the Royal Variety, which I was earlier, they're, um... They, the, the Golden Girls appeared on it twice. And they were really, really good. Really good. When you think there's only one of them left now... And I was looking at them thinking, do you know, television's a marvellous thing. Because you can keep watching again and again and again. So they never, they never actually go. They might have passed on, but they're still with us. Uh, in Marble Arch, there's a colourful jelly baby family sculptor by, uh, is it Mauro Puroschetti? I'm expecting a photo with you online soon, and please don't eat them, they're not real, says Evita. Thank you for that. 84850, uk. Uh, another one here. Where are we looking? I'm trying to find something, actually. Ian Highland. They've definitely got to change the colour of the uh, top of the page for him. He's talking about biggest surprise about big, fat gypsy weddings. The fact that Channel 4 got away with that title. He says, well, I, I can't imagine the gypsy lasses are like being called big and fat on the happiest day of their life. He says, most importantly, answer this crucial question. When the young boys are taught how to tarmac a drive and the young girls are taught how to apply makeup, is it essentially the same method? Actually, there were a lot of people last week saying that, um, it, uh, gypsies were saying, this programme bears no resemblance to our lifestyle whatsoever. Last week we had a bare-knuckle fight, but they had to do it round the corner so the police didn't see it, so they're still indulging in illegal practices. Uh, Paddy McGuinness says ITV are planning a celebrity version of Take Me Out. He says, great, all they need now is a male celebrity who's a bit of a show-off and who likes taking his shirt off in front of the camera. Oh, and he must fancy desperate women with overplucked eyebrows, far too much orange makeup, and boobs hanging out. Give me a sec. Wait a minute, I think I've got Alex Reed's number somewhere. It's a bit cruel, isn't it? Alex Reed doesn't go out with people like that. Yes, he does. Uh, casino fever at Dancing on Ice, where Tony, uh, according to uh, Tony Gubber, every night is Vegas night for Denise Welsh. Yes, I, Tony. The only problem is, every morning after is Vegas morning, uh, after for Denise. Johnny Vegas, well, at least till she's had a shave. But he talks about everything. Ice Karen, like a chav mum, and all that kind of stuff. He said, we shouldn't be too harsh, harsh on Jason Gardner. Aside from the prospect of seeing Katona fall flat on her face, he remains the only reason this weekly two-hour marathon is even faintly bearable. I totally agree. That's why, you know, nobody's interested in Karen Barber. She's bland. She's bl- OK, so she showed a little bit of guts the other week, but, I mean, it was so dreary. 
He was absolutely right. Just in case you didn't, we, we repeated it during the week, exactly what, what the conversation was. And the conversation was, he was talking about uh, Jason Bihari. Is it Jason Bihari? And, uh, and he was saying, listen, he, he's not interested in what he did to get the VC. He just said, you're not very good. You know, and you've, you know, this journey you're supposed to have been on. And then, of course, Karen, who nobody's interested, she sits on a stool by herself, nobody talks to her, because she's been brought in as another person to coach them. Whereas we said during the week, the reason is that she's been brought in is because she's apparently sharing a flat with, um, with one Arthur Torvald and Dean, and it ain't Jane. And so she's on there, she sits on there, and then she stood up, and that's when he, and she said, journey, he's been on this incredible journey. And Jason quite calmly said to her, because, you know, she was the one getting all overexcited and being all womanly. He said, no, he said, I'm not commenting on that. I'm commenting on the fact that his skating is not very good. He's been on a great journey. And so he listened. He said, uh, if people valued your opinion, you'd still be on the panel. And he said it quite straight. And so she would, of course, every booed, you know, as they do, because that's what... Otherwise, you imagine if there was no booing on the programme, how dull it would be. Just Holly Willoughby and uh, Philip Schofield. And it'd be dreadfully dull. And so she walked over to him, obviously having one of her tantrums, and uh, said, what did you say? And I'm shouting at the television. You must have heard him. The whole crowd heard him, unless you're deaf as a post. So he repeated it, which made it even more exciting. <laughs> and then, as Pip uh, Schofield said as we went into the break, we've introduced another character, fighting, which was lovely. But that's what makes the programme. He is the only reason to watch it. You know that Robin Cousins is going to be sensible, and you know that Emma Bunton, who might not know loads about it, but still adds to the panel, far more than Karen Barber ever did. Karen Barber was the one that you think, oh, go away. Don't get over yourself. You know, don't get above yourself. It's only a programme on the television. And the idea is that you actually want to make it a good programme. And the reason it's a good programme is because of, of people like Jason sitting on the panel being honest that's why when, when Simon Cowell, and even he's amazed that he's being honest and these people on his programmes from The X Factor, and they go, ooh, and they have these, these dreadful sort of breakdowns, and then they go and have to, you know, sort of go and seek counselling. You think, he's just being honest. Since when was honesty the thing that, you know, nobody wanted to hear? Well, I'm afraid we have to put up with it, I'm afraid. We have to put up with honesty. Uh, much as I'm enjoying, says Ian Highland, Lorraine Kelly's search for a curvy supermodel on Lorraine... He says, one question keeps gnawing away at this, admittedly simple male brain of mine. Why don't the girls just lose the chub and become real supermodels? So there you go. He says, incidentally, thanks to Lorraine for that Valentine's Day lingerie gift item on Wednesday's show. Certainly gave me a few ideas. And um, <laughs> big question at ITV One's tonight. Is it possible to be too old for television? Don't know, he said, but after seeing B-boss Alan Yentob's teeth on the show, I can confirm one thing. It is possible to be too yellow. Name change. Following the appearance of Wayne Rooney's heinous cousins on BBC Three's Snog, Marry, Avoid, henceforth Snog, Marry, Take Out Restraining Order is the way forward. You see, we love it. It's honesty. And here come the judges. They've got um, a prestigious award. And they've got Emma Bunton, Gary, who'll be taking on his dreary wife, Seb Coe and uh, James Corden and Stacey. Yes, how lovely. They all say now they've got comedian James Corden. Never made me laugh at all, I'm afraid. Never at all. And here's Greg Wallace droning on about his board. There's something about this man I cannot stand on television, so I'm afraid I can't even read his dreary story in the paper. These people who've got to tell you about their love lives, what is the matter with them? 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk Take a short break. 8 o'clock news approaches. 
Your Say on London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past eight. It's Sunday morning. It's LBC 97.3. And uh, so I, I go out yesterday for lunch. I go out with an ex-producer of mine. We do it every so often. And, uh, and, I, and I go to Joe Allen's, because I'm quite happy sitting there, you know, a bottle of wine. It's all very nice. Very, very posh, very, very posh. posh. and sophisticated. And then, and so I get um, a letter in from Sarah, who says, I saw you today in Joe Allen's. I was starstruck. I said to my mum and sisters who were with me to celebrate my mum's birthday, I was going to say hi. I then thought that would be rude and wanted to respect your privacy, so I glanced over a few times. Did she not come over? No. Oh, no. No. You would have loved that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm never too sure, actually, whether I would or not. Uh, Noreen says, have a good time with your brothers. Hope Danielle has a great birthday. She should do with a card that costs ten quid. Thank you very much ten indeed. Ten quid? Well, by the time I'd sent it on Moonpig, it was ten pounds. Oh, something. I love Moonpig. Yeah, I like the, I like. The, you can put names on. I think they're quite clever. And you could put um, pictures on as well. Yes. But I, haven't, I haven't got round to the picture thing. It's a bit more personal, the Moonpig card, I find. Yes. I remember getting one years ago and it had OK magazine and it had me on the front cover. You can do that. And I thought, how clever is that? Yeah. I'd never seen one before. No, it's so very I, good. I sent Jackie Lawson cards. Is she, is, who's Jackie Lawson? Jackie Lawson is this British woman. She's an artist. Mm. And she has animated cards. And she does them for everything. And you pay something like £5 a year. Right. And you can send as many cards as you want and you personalise them all. So she'll have... I mean, she's got a few hundred. I think it's Jackie Lawson dot co.uk uh, have a look at them because it's so cheap and then what you do is you input all your friends birthdays mm-hmm. and then it will remind you and then you fill in a card and she's got loads of choices and on the christmas ones it starts off with a house then you click on the star and then the tree appears and then it snows and then the dog goes through oh. the snow they're really beautiful see that's nice because cards are one of those things now where they're so easy to buy you can get them anyway you just pick them up they don't really mean anything they're now so do expensive. they yeah you know for a card in a shop now you're paying an average of sort of like two pound fifty mm. seems a lot of money you can make your own get into crafting oh Steve, no i've see. seen the shopping channel. A bit of daubing on a card. Oh, don't. I've seen it. And they go, and this is lovely because this is, this is and you get these rather large women mm. who are making cards. We've got the stamps and we've got, and I'm thinking, oh no. It's big business though. People love crafting. They love yeah. making their own little gift boxes and their oh. own, their own birthday Did cards. Did you ever see that machine? It's called Cricket. No. There's a machine that they advertise on the television. It's about 199 quid. And you, you dial up, obviously, the shape or somebody's name. I put your, your name in. Right. And then I put the card in and it automatically cuts it out. That's handy. For about 199 quid. And it's called Cricket. And they've got all these women sitting around a table in America going, oh, my God, that is so beautiful. I made this for my daughter's coming out thing. And I'm thinking, oh, it's so naff. And then they sell it here now. Oh. And I thought it's quite clever. That's quite expensive, though. 200 quid for a machine that's going to make you know, it. It does everything. Card. And you buy different cartridges for different shapes and stars. And it will it moves the, the little cutter about all over the place. The problem is, though, you spend 200 quid on this machine. And then you have to keep buying the card and all, yes. all the other, you know, the inks and all the rest yeah. of it. So it keeps going up, doesn't it? But what's it? the point of buying all these cards to make? I mean, m- much as I like them, mm. most people, they get a card, they go, oh, it's from Will. Thank-. And you put it to one side, you open up the next one. Yeah. And that's the last. I don't look at the card and go, oh, he spent time making that. I couldn't care. Yeah, I mean, I, it only, I all shake them. <laughs> there isn't any money in there. Only don't if there's bother. money in there. Yeah. <laughs> I used to look for the birthday cut. Nothing in this one. Give it a shake. Yeah. Not interested. Auntie so and so has not sent any money again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so nice, nice making cards. Yes. But the problem is nobody appreciates them. Nobody saves them. I throw them all away. Well, the thing is, you do because now that people just go and buy them in the shop, you, when you receive them, there's no, there's nothing really personal about them, is there? Mm. Apart from what's written inside, obviously. Whereas if somebody makes you a card, you tend to look after it a little bit longer and keep it. 
preserve it in a, in yeah. a box. <laughs> God. Uh, Steve, I've just heard your piece on the £12 million ex-church in Richmond, which is called Butte House. We were married there in 84. As it's not consecrated, what does that mean to us? Nothing. It was, it was, it's still a church. You can still use it for services, because it's not the building. It's the person officiating at the wedding who is the person licensed. The building is licensed, but it doesn't have to be consecrated. So uh, that's why. It, it says on the thing there, you know, it's not a consecrated building. So in other words, if it was consecrated, it would have graves. Oh, OK. And you could, I was going to say, plant dead people there. You could bury people, and then you would have to be deconsecrated, and all the graves would have to be moved. But you haven't had to on this one. Interesting. So that, that's why. But it, it doesn't affect your uh, your sort of wedding or anything else like that. Uh, James says, I've, I'm an architectural interior photographer, and I was lucky enough to photograph the church you're talking about for another company. The church is called All Saints, and it was amazing. They only used to rent it out for film shoots and the like. When I did it, they had a table tennis in the main hall. It's beautiful house, but it's 12 million quid now, James. 12 million quid they want for it. It's got a pool, though, so it's probably worth it, I would think. Well, I hope so, anyway. For a quick uh, dip after. Sorry? For a, a pool in the church? Yes, they, they put a swimming pool in, yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mavis, no, Alan Dodgen's got a very successful company. That, that's why. That's why. And also, he, he couldn't make every week. That was, the, that was the reason. Sorry if you're a nasty, bitter, twisted person who thinks there's anything else, but there isn't. <laughs> He's just very busy with his, uh, with his company at the moment, I'm afraid. Uh, unlike yourself. Uh, right, in the papers, News of the World front cover. Did you, hmm. I, I looked at it, and it's a picture of Jordan and Alex. Yes. In spa robes. Luckily, a photographer was there to capture the scene, so how, how grateful oh, are we? Oh, I know. How very convenient. And uh, apparently, she's having a Valentine's break with the man she called fame-hungry Sponger. Yeah. It's horrible, actually. To be honest, she's so vile. I don't know why you'd ever worry. And it's one of those things where apparently they're, they're having a, a breakaway in a spa hotel, a bit of a recoup. But as you said, uh, the picture that's snapped of them right on the front page of the News of the World today, how they got the photo, I don't know. It's obviously something that's probably a little bit Can set up. Can you believe up, all these conversations? Thought. She shares room with Alex and says, it's like our first date. Blast Peter Andre, I want you to crash your car and die. <laughs> Why would you ever say that about anybody? At home? And we know she's revolting and we know she's slightly cracked mm-hmm. in the head. But if, if she's getting rid of him or is it just another one of her pathetically desperate attempts at publicity? It's just a bit tiring, isn't it? Every weekend when you walk into the shops and you see the big array of newspapers there and yeah. she's smack bang on the front of it. I just find it all a bit... I wouldn't mind if you could actually have an really intelligent like conversation with her, but she's so stupid. I don't mm-hmm. think it's entirely possible. Um, I heard you talking about Ruby Wax earlier. I've got a story about Ruby Wax. Oh, right. You meet her for In Conversation, didn't you? Yeah, she came in this week. I mean... Uh, to be honest with you, I always wanted to talk to her, but mm. uh, I wasn't sure how she'd be. Yeah. And what did you think? We had so much in common. Really? Yeah, we had so much. In- we had a lot in common. I can imagine she could be really tough, but then I think that's part of the depression and everything else that she has. Yeah. Because you remember certain programmes. I remember her interviewing uh, Pamela Anderson. I remember her interviewing her parents. Her parents had all the furniture covered in plastic. Yeah. There were these people who never took the plastic off the furniture, really peculiar. And Pamela Anderson was stick thin and having a baby. And I thought she was good. I quite liked her. So I was, I was curious to see what she was going to be like. Well, I was Ruby Wax's runner on the Golden Jubilee concert at Buckingham Palace years ago. At the little <laughs> pop concert. Hang on, we're just going to drop that name again. Just, what were just you? drop it in, a runner. For Ruby Wax? Yeah. And you just go and, what does so that you mean you have to do? Well, you just fetch and, and carry them to the stage. and all that, Not literally carry them, but you <laughs> take them there. It's called carrying them, travelling with them, it's supposed to be called. Yeah. And you just, you know, you look after them throughout the day and get them food and, and drinks and all the rest of it. Oh, you're like a gopher? Yeah. Yeah. And she was absolutely lovely. She was presenting uh, something during the show. Yeah. But it was a rainy day. And I gave her... It was one of my first jobs as a runner for the BBC. And yeah. I gave her my denim jacket so she didn't get her outfit. 
outfit oh. all uh, you know wet and all the rest of it yeah. before she did this uh, presented this award and um, she's still got it well he she might not back. still have it and he i want it back, back please ruby if you're <laughs> listening this morning where is it he wants the jacket I want back. It back i thought she because was double denim's back in now and i'm thinking i could work that look do you think it would still fit Yes, it would still Okay, no, I'm just checking. Well, it might I don't do, know, I don't yeah. know. How, how many years ago was it? Uh, well, when was the Golden Jubilee? 2003, was it? Well, eight years ago, 2003, no chance. I think. No chance. It looked like a little I've bolero jacket. slightly. Yeah. No, I thought she was lovely. She was the sort of person <laughs> I think you could actually sit down with and you would think that you, you were having a, a... It sounds wrong, so you'd think you're having a relationship. You could put your arms around her and she'd be... Yeah. You know, she'd say, listen to... Don't talk you know, and she, she'd be quite honest about things. We thought she was lovely. She's very professional as well, actually. Yes. When you actually see her going into action and she's really psyching herself up before she goes on for, for any sort yeah. of routine. She came across as someone who's very, very professional. And she was presenting with Kermit the Frog as well. <laughs> and to see Kermit the Frog or his operator in yeah. action, that those two together, they just sat down for hours and they're going yes, through I everything and really working it out. Yeah. It, was, it was quite interesting to look at, actually, the process of comedy between puppet and, you know, stand-up puppet <laughs> what ruby wax is a puppet how can this be no she no, was lovely we, 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 we went away because we, we did we're two I mean, every week we have a good one we don't have a i've never had one yet where i've thought oh god you're gonna be a pain mm. and because they're only in for half an hour you can get more out of them in half an hour sometimes you do an hour with somebody and you're you're laboring it towards the end right so she was fine we did robson green as well quite charming quite quite charming but i've suddenly discovered all these people on television nobody's tall well, nobody's yeah, it... tall at all they're all short people yeah he looks. He looks a little bit shorter on screen. I think. Anyway, you can, I think you can he's tell. So that he's so charming. He's. So, I, mean, I don't think we've had a bad. I, I would tell people if we had a, a bad one. They're so yeah. charming. That these people. That's good to hear. I like it when I hear stories like that. Yeah, I mean, especially I'm always if you're very fans honest. of them. Yes, but I was never a fan, really, of sort of a lot of the people I've, I've spoken to. Sometimes they say, "Oh, do so and so," and I think about it and I think, "Let me think about it." I've just got to get it right in my mind because mm. you can't sit down and have a conversation with somebody if you don't. If you don't find you've got something in common with them, I've got yeah. to have something that I can latch on to that then I can say... Because we end up talking about medicine and because she's on medication and I'm on yeah. medication. And, I've, I've, and, that, that, and sex. Really? I spend a lot of time talking about their sex because it doesn't feature in my life at all, so there's no point in dwelling <laughs> on, you know, on something that died out 15 years ago. Um, and she's, she's got a show now, hasn't she? On yes. The, she's doing a stage show. Yes, at the, uh, the Chocolate Factory. The Mernier chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Which is coming, I think, 15th, I think it starts. Brilliant. Two of them. But she'll talk about... I think she'll be fantastic. She's very open, actually, isn't very, she? Very, very... Almost too open. Yeah. So it should be a good watch. I think so. It's, it's not a huge place. It's not, you know, not big, 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 but it's really nice, and she likes that kind of thing. But she was lovely. But we got... Again, you know, you do all these interviews every week, and you get reaction from people. I've had more reaction from her this week than anybody. Really? Yeah, seriously. And what was Robson like? Lovely. Absolutely charming. Absolutely charming. Just, no, he remembered he'd spoken to me before. What did he chat about? Do you know, I can't tell you. I've got no idea. Because I can imagine he'd I think be he's a talking bit... About he's, he's, he's transformed himself into a werewolf for this, this show on television. Oh, OK. But, he's, but he, he talked about his singing, musical career. I can't imagine he'd have many skeletons. No, he likes, he likes fishing. Yeah. Well, he had that big series, didn't he? The, yes. The big fishing Extreme series. fishing thing. Yeah. But uh, he was charming, absolutely charming. But they all are, because it would be pointless somebody coming in if they were going to be difficult, mm. you know, to oh, come I in. Oh, I bet there's been a couple. No, there hasn't. I, I, would, I would seriously tell you, if I could think of anybody off the top of my head. I mean, sometimes we've been close to the wire, yeah. time-wise, and their PRs have got, listen, we're supposed to be somewhere else. 
And I've gone, well, you just have to wait then, won't you? Because I can't just curtail an interview. It's ridiculous. Mm. So you have to wait. We, d- we did have that once with a, with a celebrity's PR. But j- nine out of ten times, all the PRs who bring them in, and there's only a few that we use, know exactly, and they'll say, listen, Steve's dead easy. You just have a nice laugh. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. I like that. I'm so easy. There you go. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. It's uh, 16 minutes past eight. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Um, I see that the tax man has launched an investigation into the stars of Big Fat Gypsy Weddings after seeing their blinged-up lifestyle on television. I'm not surprised. A, an average wedding can co- Well, the cake costs about three grand from ABC Cakes. Yeah. And the actual wedding, including they give a caravan, about 150 grand. So, quite rightly, the tax man is very interested. Asking some questions now. Yes. Interestingly, throughout the show, most of the contributors, are the people that make the cakes, design the dress- yeah. dresses and manufacture the dresses, uh, never stipulate exactly how much these things have cost, the reason for that being that they obviously don't want anyone to know about it. Yes. So somebody's obviously done a bit of research and come up with the figures, and uh, the outcome of that is that mm. they're going to be investigating. Yes. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I wasn't actually aware that travellers paid tax. I'm assuming the whole business is cash. Otherwise, how do you afford 150 grand? The young boys have got cars like you've never seen. Yeah. We have to save up for years. They seem to get them... And don't wear seat belts or anything else. We've had them whizzing up and down around our way. And all the weddings look incredibly lavish, don't they? They just look tacky, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think they look lavish at all. But tacky comes at a price, and those dresses are huge. But they just look revolting. They I mean, do you look thought, horrible. If you're having a programme, you know, my big fat, you know, anything, yeah. doesn't exactly bode well. And all these girls end up doing is cleaning caravans. Yeah. Why don't you just get in a cleaner? It was quite sad, actually. I watched one the other day, and there was a young girl, because apparently the protocol is that the daughters in the family, the, the eldest one looks after everyone's, uh, everyone's caravans in the yes. family, and they clean it throughout the day. Yeah. When the eldest one goes off to get married, then that responsibility goes down. to the next one down. And uh, the one who's been interviewed, the second one down, the, the middle girl, she seemed quite sad about it, really. She was looking ahead to the whole prospect of her life being about cleaning these caravans for the yeah. next few months until she can get married, and she just seemed really unhappy about it. Yes, I Quite she sad said so. And then they had another girl on there who was leaving her company but didn't tell them she was a gypsy. Hmm. As if it made the slightest difference. Oh, and by the way, I've only got one leg. You know, who cares? Who cares? Uh, Laura Hamilton fears she's on a mission impossible trying to beat rival Sam Atwater. Laura, you're just a children's television presenter, love. Shut up and go back to it. Okay? <laughs> Do us all a favour. Uh, and a dippy chippy is serving up a heart stopping Valentine's treat, a, but- a battered jam butty. Ooh. Sounds revolting. That so it's jam and bread and then deep fried. Who'd want to eat that? In the news of the world today, talking about Valentine's, uh, there's, you, I know you spoke about the Heston Blumenthal um, mm. table, which is on eBay now, uh, currently at £274, or probably a little bit more, really, uh, now that the paper went to print. But uh, 274 quid for a Valentine's dinner. But it's not even dinner, it's lunch. You've got yeah. a book. It's, the, the sitting's at quarter past one in the I afternoon. That's a reservation, is a though, isn't it? It's not actually paying for the food. That's oh, just, is that the, just for the reservation? That's the reservation. So somebody's got oh, a I reservation, Sorry. and they've actually sold their reservation on. They haven't oh, paid for anything word. yet. And also the News of the World today have uh, done a nationwide survey uh, to exactly find out where Britain's top romantics are located. Apparently East Anglians uh, top the poll. Scotland takes second place. North East, unfortunately, right down at the bottom. Apparently they're not very romantic. But London? Uh, London says 41.92% romantic. So we're, we're not doing too badly, actually. Yeah. East Anglia's 44.6, so we're probably coming in third or fourth. Oh, that's all right. Uh, one in five people has said that they have met their current partner through work. And apparently 42% of us are hoping to secretly receive a Valentine's Day card tomorrow from a colleague. From so, a colleague? How do you know, though? 
What? If it's from a colleague, because most people just put guess who or a kiss. Well, I have to look at the know, postmark. But people are hoping, people who are hoping to receive those cards from a colleague. Yeah. So you wouldn't know whether you received it from a colleague, but they're hoping to receive one. Because I, I, I maintained last week that there will be a couple of girls in our office mm. who get Valentine's cards, and they'll be thinking it's a couple of the good-looking boys from the sports desk, whereas, in fact, it'll be somebody who walks around dribbling. Yeah. It, it's never the bloke you think it's going to come from, or a woman. It's Because it's, you, you, you might pass a desk and go, hello, hoping it's them, and, of course, it won't be. Yeah. It'll be the one who's sort of looking for his mongoose down the end of the corridor. I never send Valentine's cards. Don't you ever receive? No, not really, actually. When you say not really, you just mean no. It's, if you say <laughs> not really, it makes it sound a little bit better, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yes, I have had one previously. <laughs> rumbled. Yeah, rumbled on that one. No, the answer is no, you don't get any. OK, bashing yeah. on. Uh, the stars have been out in force in Soho this week, and uh, lots of pictures in the paper today, in the News of the World today. Uh, Kate Moss looking slightly dishevelled. Apparently she had a happy night out in Soho with her girlfriends, reportedly went to uh, a sex shop after and uh, bought some things. And they're all listed. Items. In the, some items. Embarrassing. Some special items. I think it sounds... I mean, most people do things like that, though, don't they? If they're do pads, they? Yeah. Caroline does it all the time. She's always out in Soho. Really? Yes. Well, I'm quite Got shocked. Have a few drinks. Really? I've never been in a sex shop in my life. It sounds like they were just having a bit of a laugh. <laughs> no. You mean sex shops? I've never been to a sex shop. I looked in the window and felt a bit embarrassed. If you have a gaggle of girls, though, that get together, they've all had a few a few sherbets throughout the afternoon, early evening, and then they do silly things like that. Yeah. It's just a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Oh. But uh, that's in the news of the world today. But then on page... Where is it? Where is it? Page 15, Prince Harry has also been out in Soho this week, looking, again, very dishevelled. But the news of the world, awful, awful line here. Uh, the royal man about town staggered out of the Soho night spot at 3.30am yesterday with his shirt lifting out of his jeans. Yes, I saw that, actually. Nasty yes. little play on words from the News of the World. Yeah. But, uh, the trouble is, he, he, he does enjoy a few drinks, doesn't he? He does, but, you know, why not? They've got to go out sometime, haven't they? Because they do it privately. Where? He's a member of the royal family. But that means he's just, just got to stay in, indoors in, in a castle all day. Yes. Should, no. Yes. I mean, do you think people come up to you and go, all right, Harry, mate, all right? <laughs> And he Probably. goes, who is that? Who is that? I mean, I don't Although the bar that he was in in so Soho is fairly... Um, Fairly sectioned off it. I think it was Box Bar or something. Oh, right. It's not really a... Do they have to phone in advance to go, uh, Prince Harry will be coming down tonight, is that all right? Well, he must have a little area, a little room. You would have thought so. He's not just going to be gaggling around on the dance floor, yeah. is he? I'd love to see who his friends are. Yeah. <laughs> be quite interesting. A bit of people watching. Yeah. And there's, there's a girl in the paper today, shameless, shameless, Shane Warne, bedded a porn star and bombarded oh, yeah. her with sex tests. So this poor old baggage has had to go in the papers to flog her dreary story. I know. And you think to yourself, you know, Chloe Conrad if that's your real name. I bet your parents are absolutely thrilled. Oh, that's our daughter, the porn star. How exciting. It's horrible now that this just seems... Because this seems to be a career, doesn't it? It's like, well, I'm going to do this, and now yes. I'm going to earn a bit of cash out of it, sell my story to the paper, get my pictures in there. They're all, you know, perfectly lovely photos, so she's obviously gone to some sort of photo uh, session and uh, had these pics taken. There's a horrible one on uh, page five. That's where you get the full story, so to speak. Mm. Uh, and there's a picture of her, a close-up of a carpet burn on Chloe's back which um, they're probably insinuating that that's happened from yeah. some sort of liaison. But the worst news of the week... With Shane. The worst news of the week is, in fact, Ireland do not, please, ever want to win the Eurovision Song Contest. So they put forward as their entry this year the joke that is Jedward. The two numpties who oh, can't yeah. sing for toffee and Ireland are really saying, we don't really want to win. In fact, we don't stand a cat in hell's chance of winning with Jedward there. Why don't uh, they want to win? Because it costs too much money. Or to host it. 
to host it, and they had it with, with Johnny Logan, where I think he won two years running, and they nearly went bankrupt. They're going, listen, we haven't got any money to host it. When did we last win it? God knows. Was it Katrina and the Waves? Probably, Was that the last yes. one? Probably, yes. That was in the 90s, wasn't yeah. it? The late 90s. We've had some, we had some dreadful scooch. We're flying the flag. That was no, awful. We're not. That was just ghastly. We've got blue this year, haven't we? Yes. I don't think that'll be much better. They must be desperate. Well, it, it, their uh, former manager came out in the papers a few weeks ago, not came out, but... <laughs> Lord. <laughs> said in the papers um, that he thinks it could be a wrong move for them, because if they don't win, yes. then it's, it's not necessarily great on, of death. on their career. Especially yeah. after Anthony Costa was caught urinating over a cash machine around the corner. Oh, yes. Silly boy. I mean, that's not exactly going to win votes. But looking at no, Jedward yeah. here, the odds against them winning 33 to 1... I mean, there's no chance at all, because you know they can't sing. You know that they mime on all their things. They do not sing. But there is this thing, this battle with the Eurovision Song Contest, that it's not about singing, it's about this performance and yeah. this Europop nature of, of, of performance. And um, they could actually do quite well, because the Europeans love all that. Well, they do like oddballs, and they are odd. Mm. But to be honest with you, as they can't sing, and they're probably going to jump around a bit, which means that they won't be able to sing either. I think they'll do probably quite well. Really? Yes. You think the Europeans will absolutely love them? I think they will love it. A bit worried about a couple the other day. Uh, Callie Bucken and Gary Pritchard got married and they held the wedding reception in the local KFC. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, you don't get any more stupid, do you? 30 people feasted on a bulk order of £200 worth of chicken and chips in the busy restaurant. Ugh. Apparently the couple continued the tradition set by Callie's parents, Madeline and Davy Bucken, who had their wedding reception at McDonald's in Bristol. Why? Because they're cheap, that's why. And he obviously loves her enough to buy her a bucket of, uh, of chicken. Do you have to book out a certain area of McDonald's or KFC when you do that? I think so, no. Or do you just go in there? I think you just pop in and sort of go, we're, we're, we're sitting there, can we have some party barrels? And that's how it works. All right, we'll take a, a very, very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Morning, if, I don't know if you've ever... Oh, Jackie Lawson cards are £7.25 for a year, but still worth it, says Paula. Very good. And there's a feature, and I saw it on Sky earlier on, of people who very kindly donate clothes to all these big metal bins, mm -hmm. and then the thieving tow rags who come along, send kids into the bins, take the clothes out and take them away and sell them. It's like people stealing from outside charity shops, and they've got people caught on camera here. I don't know what sort of people they would be, but uh, they probably can't believe that the sort of things that we chuck out in other countries, they sell in markets. Yeah. So that's what they do here. And they're the clothes bank robbers. <laughs> but once it's been donated, I mean, who's going to sue them? I don't know. It's worth millions a year, apparently. So they, they put kids in and they, they wedge in behind their sort of transit vans. And then the kids climb in, sort out the clothes, pass them all out. Then the kids bang on the side and they get pulled out again. There are big processing plants now, aren't there, for um, fabric and yes. for, for clothes. Because you can earn a lot of money not only through... Uh, sorting out the, the decent clothes and washing them and then sending them off somewhere else, mm. but also with the clothes that are damaged by uh, making them into different textiles. Yeah. It's quite big money. Uh, Jordan is in negotiations to turn her life story into a Hollywood blockbuster. I'm terribly <laughs> sorry, nobody but remotely interested in this one. No. The mum of three will meet with Paramount Pictures in two weeks to discuss a possible script. You wait till you discover that she can't speak. They say she's already penned four autobiographies. No, she hasn't. She's not written anything. She can't. She can't at all. And they say Paramount is extremely interested in signing her up and turning her life story into a film. No, they're not. <laughs> Why would they be? Who on earth would pay to go and see that rubbish? 
Maybe Nobody. you could get away with it as a straight-to-TV movie, but I can't imagine anyone would go to the cinema I to go and see that. I don't think anybody would be interested, would they? It's a bit odd, isn't I it? I wouldn't want to see it. Cheryl Cole talking about the US version of uh, X Factor, which is uh, soon upon us, and uh, oh, the yeah. conversation continues as to who's exactly going to be on the judging panel, who's going to present the show as well. But uh, Cheryl gets Hollywood handcuffs, apparently, on page nine of the Sunday Mirror. <laughs> this is all about uh, American TV execs basically saying to her, it's great, we like you, but uh, we're... We're going to tie you down to a very strict co- uh, contract, including you will dilute your Geordie accent so Americans can understand you. You will stop using local expressions like pet and reet and why I. Uh, you will not change hairstyle or hair colour without permission. You will only wear the clothes we tell you to and we can drop you if the show flops. And she's a bit now, well, if I go over and I don't like it, I can't really come back no. to the UK version. So I don't think the Americans want her. It's going to be difficult for her, I think, it? to be honest with you, she, she's not what they're looking for. They don't know who she is. She's not famous enough. And to host a big show like that in America, you've got to be famous. I think Simon would like to put her on there. I think the Americans would hate her. And that could, and if it killed the programme, then they're really stuffed. But that's her quandary, though, isn't it? Because she really wants to do America, which is absolutely fine. But uh, if it doesn't go well, then it's going to be difficult for her to, to come back. Yes. I mean, let's face it. I remember when they put uh, Victoria Beckham on one of the panels. Mm. And she, she was terrible. I mean, she was absolutely awful because it, it's quite an art to doing it, I think. But yeah. I don't. Uh... It's a very different. It's a very different machine, isn't it? I suppose in, in the states. Yes. In terms of uh, telly world, and because it's going to be potentially such a big show, you need to have a, a decent enough profile to appeal to all yes. Americans. And she doesn't have a profile. States. They won't understand what she's saying. No, they really won't. know. Uh, nobody should be, should, should be surprised, according to this feature in the People today, that the reported romance between Dancing on Ice's Sam Atwater and his skating partner could turn out to be as fake as David Dickinson's tan. That's what they do on these shows. They try and pretend that these people are having relationships so they can get coverage in the newspaper, so they make up yeah. Kerry Katona's going... It's, it's just all rubbish. It's just lies. Mm. And yeah. it happens every year. Every, every year. Every single year. Yes, yes. Um, back over stateside across the Atlantic, uh, Victoria Beckham has apparently been drafted in to design a few one-offs for uh, Kate Middleton. Now that Kate <laughs> is on yeah, the right. platform... Yeah, right. And now that Kate's on the, on the fashion platform, and no doubt that will uh, get even bigger and the spotlight will most certainly be on exactly what she's wearing and how she's looking Does Vic Beckham style. sit down there with a, a big easel in front and start <laughs> sketching out? Sketching away. So, I can't see it myself. Well, I don't know. I mean, I she's... see it. Apparently, she's, um, she's very into her fashion. She loves it. She's always... Well, she, she's got a ideas. fashion range, but, I mean, I don't think that the royal family want to be that naff. No. What, you know, I mean, some of wearing, her... It's either a case of we're wearing, you know... Um, I don't know, whatever the whatever the, the big labels are hmm. nowadays, or you're going to wear a Victoria Beckham outfit. I have to say, some of, especially Victoria Beckham's style now, tends to be a lot more classic in terms of cut and uh, a less kind of uh, contemporary look. It's definitely right. a lot more of a classic styling, which maybe Kate Middleton could actually do with, because she's got almost, sometimes looks a little bit mumsy, I think, Kate Middleton. So she could maybe do with being a bit zhuzhed up. A no, they, you see, she's I beautiful, think... Kate Middleton. She always yeah. looks very stylish, but I think there could be an element of dragging her a little bit more into the... I think there could the be the danger day. of turning into another Diana, where she becomes a style icon and it overshadows William. But do you not at the think moment... she's going to be that anyway? Well, if the press have Regardless their way, yes. Of... I, I, I believe yes is, is the answer to that one, I'm afraid. Marty Kane was the person on the Royal Variety Show, who was a very good friend of Nina Mishkoff. Thank you for that. Uh, Nadine Coyle may lose her troubled Irish pub because she owes £40,000 in unpaid taxes. Interest is added at £326 a month. 
Wow. Taxman's having a field day at the moment, isn't he? She needs to come back over UK side and get girls allowed on tour again and earn a bit of cash. Won't happen. That's what she needs to do. <laughs> Are you going to want to see girls allowed on tour? Well, they've been signed up to do at least another two albums, Girls Loud. Really? Mm-hmm. Their record company, their wow. contract to do at least another couple of albums for, for Girls Loud. Whether that will actually happen or not, I don't mm. know, but if they can get out of it. Again, couple finally made up in favourite hotel after Jordan gets an apology. I mean, this never-ending saga of two idiots, you know, in their dreary little life. I think the fact she's having to placate him because if he spills the beans on everything, it'll wipe her out. Mm. And she'll become even more bitter and twisted than she is at the moment, I'm afraid. Interesting story on the front of the Sunday Express today. The Queen is asked, may we dig up Henry VIII? <laughs> and apparently... I love that. Uh, this story is uh, all about researchers in America who have discovered that apparently because Henry VIII was renowned for his very, very bad temper, it may be down to um, a mental illness. Yes. And they can actually decide or uh, discover whether that's the case or not by taking a simple DNA sample from Henry VIII. So they want to exhume him to, to be able to get that sample. I'd love to see the skeleton. Yeah, would you? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's Henry VIII, right. the most famous... You know, we've never seen him. We've seen pictures of him. I've been to the portrait gallery, so I know what he yeah, looks I'm, like. Yeah, I just suppose. The skeleton I'd be looks like. as well, actually. If they, they put him on the front of a paper and go, right, this is what Henry yes. VIII looks like. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I wonder if that would... I mean, if they did dig him up, yeah. do you think they would uh, maybe try and do a bit of a cash-in session and pop him in a Perspex box and open it up oh, to tours or know. something? I've been down to the British Library where they had Henry VIII's letters and things that he wrote backwards and forwards to Rome saying, I'm not having this, I'm doing this and that. Yeah. They've got that. If, if they had an exhibition... Which is lovely, Steve, but it's only letter. I mean, we want, we want well, to see him. Well, we have him. kept it for all these years. I mean, it's Henry <laughs> no, the Eighth, yeah. And I, w- I would love to see, you're right, if, if he was in a, a casket yes. and it was his bones, you could go past and go, that's what Henry the Eighth looks like. We could like. do it tastefully. We'll have some velveteen knocking around yes, somewhere. Yes, that's a good idea. And perhaps just dim lightings and <laughs> guards standing at each corner with <laughs> their head bowed. Absolutely, yeah. We'll we keep it tasteful. And so keep just after subtle. that, what should we do? The Queen Mother or something? <laughs> I just don't... Just go through them She all. was actually, out of all the royal family at the Royal Variety Forms, she got the best reaction from the crowd. Yes. Everything she ever did, she came and the crowd went crackers for her. Yeah. They just like... She She's just looked, though, she looked she? For, more, more regal than anybody else there. Yeah. She had this certain little wave. I don't know where they learned that. It was really good. At uh, the BAFTAs, in case you're going tonight, the goodie bag is fabulous. Ooh. It's worth uh, £2,500. Wow. You get everything. You get some Grey Goose vodka. You get... Nice. Um, I mean, it's just... You get a load of things. You get... Uh, Does everyone get one of these, or is it only the nominees? 181 nominees get them. Oh, good. But they're not as good, but the American ones are better. I mean, ours over here are worth £2,500. The American ones are worth, like, 40,000 quid. You get holidays, mm-hmm. cars, everything in theirs. I mean, ours look quite cheap, but you have got a lot of things in here. There's a phone cover, Tattinger champagne, vodka, Lancome beauty creams, handcrafted chocolates... Everything. It's not really going to be in a bag, though, is it? That's more like a... It's like a suitcase. I think it's delivered to the back of the car. It must be. It must have to be delivered. You can't knock around in central London on your heels after a few glasses of champers with a bag like that, can you? Don't even know. Oh, there's an Hermes scarf and that, you know, it's... Very It's quite nice, nice isn't it, to be nominated and then you, you stagger out with a suitcase. And that's tonight, isn't it, the back yes. of this Royal Opera House? Yes. On telly, telly box at 9pm, I think. Lovely. With some pre-red carpet showdown on BBC another one of their channels. Like oh, I hope they don't give it to Fern Cotton. Please, Lord above, they don't give yeah, it to Fern Cotton. I wonder who is doing it, actually. I don't know. Jonathan Ross is presenting, isn't he? He's oh, presenting he? the main show, but I don't know who's doing the red carpet kind of Ooh. pre-show spin-off thing. Um, 
Talking of the BAFTAs, Colin Firth is in line for... He's being nominated for, I think it's Best Actor, Best Male Actor at this year's BAFTAs. He won Best Male Actor last year. Now, if he wins again this year, that's the first time since the late 60s yeah. that um, someone has won the Best Actor Award consecutively, two years consecutively. So he's up for that. And uh, then, two weeks' time, everyone's nipping over to the States for the Oscars. And Colin Firth again going to that, of course, for the for the King's Speech. Yeah. Big film. And um, the Oscars, on the front page of the Sunday Times today, apparently all the nominees, um, more importantly the winners, are being told to keep their acceptance speeches down to 45 seconds this year, which is good news They have for a us. light system, don't they? They push the lights. Oh, do they? Yes, there's a little tiny series of lights. Get off now. That's good. Yeah. Do you I want like to incorporate idea. that here for me? Oh, <laughs> I like that idea. It could be very, very funny, actually. <laughs> um, very quickly, one here from uh, Jordan. She's just finished her fourth book, says Brian and Tracy. She coloured in every single page. <laughs> She's been up all night, bless her. <laughs> up all night. Does up she all keep night. within the lines, though? That's yes. what we want to know. I, th- I think this is, a, this is a, a scandal. I think this is a scandal. I think there's going to be something happening between Jordan and Alex. I think she's looking for a way to do it so she can reduce the cost of paying him money. Yeah. And then I think it'll all, it'll all finish, actually. It's interesting. I think. I've just, I've just got a funny feeling. Or not. Just, yes, or not, <laughs> as the case may be. Uh, I've just got a funny feeling that there is, there is more to this than meets the eye. One minute she hates him, mm. and it's really vile, but then she's like that all the time. And then the next time round, she's going out for a spa date with him. I, I think because she is lonely. Do you? Yes, I think well, she's absolutely desperately lonely. Well, she doesn't do anything. All she does is has to take her few naff friends out for a bit of Botox. Well, she does do something. She sits at home and thinks up these ideas that we're now received and delivered to us on the front page of, of the Red Tops. I find Terrible. it all a bit... Because it's so extreme and it's up and down every weekend. It's up, down, up, yes. down, up, down. And it's all just becoming a little bit tiresome now. A little bit tiresome. Uh, former X Factor star Cher Lloyd, that was the one with the attitude problem. Yeah. Uh, is going to take part in a celebrity version of My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. They're so impressed with their Channel 4, with their documentary, they want to feature stars with gypsy roots. So that'll be uh, Shane Ward, David Essex and Bob Hoskins. David Essex, he's going into EastEnders, isn't he? Yes, apparently so. I can't remember who he's going in as. David Essex, I suppose. He is going in as Michael Moon, which is brother of Alfie, his dad. Right. I think. I've got that right. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's... Do you not think anybody in EastEnders has ever watched the television? They're going to know it's David Essex. They must <laughs> have seen him singing songs on the television. They can't be that daft. I know. He's de- Go on, sing us a song, Dave. Sing us a song. They should write it in. Stuff. Yeah, they should write it in. <laughs> it's really David Essex. He's not really this person. Right, he David? Is. Yeah. I love that idea. I'm, I'm at the moment, fairly hooked on um, Emmerdale. I do like Emmerdale. I don't really watch Emmerdale. Oh, do you well, not? No. Again, I'm using that word, really. I don't watch Emmerdale at all. You don't watch Emmerdale at all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really don't watch Emmerdale. No, I've never seen it. I love it. It's, it's, it's got a very funny little gay storyline running through right. it. Oh, and there's a book. Actually, somebody wrote in to me the other day, after we were talking about my big, fat gypsy wedding, I said, the only thing that don't seem to be featured on these traveller sites is any gay gypsies. And I remember thinking... I can't imagine it would go down very well. Well, strangely enough, there's a book out on Amazon... And it's a gay gypsy talking about what it was like being a gay traveller. Really? So I've had to order it just to see what it's like. That would be really interesting, actually. Because, I mean, working, you know, on the assumption that most of the men go around with their shirts off, slightly overweight, there's got to be one or two, at least. Well, absolutely, by by sheer numbers. Yes. There must be a few of them. There must be quite a few. So we'd we'd love to find... So there's this book written by... Hands up, please. Ring in now. Yes, ring in now (laughs) if you're a gay gypsy. Yes, it was Mikey Walsh or something. (laughs) And the book's available. 
strangely oh. enough. But there's also a very good book on uh, Joan Crawford out as well at the moment. <gasps> Love Joan Crawford. Yeah, talking about how... Mommy Dearest. Oh, no, this is, this is new. This is a new one out, looking at how she tried to turn her life round after the film's finished and how she tried to bed every man she ever came in contact with. Joan Crawford, the, the wire coat hangers scene in, in Mummy Dearest, that's yes. me with wire coat hangers. Is that you? Yeah. Livid. I, I, I did like Mummy Dearest, actually. I have, I have very good films. Film. It's a very good film, isn't it? It's a good... Do you know what? It's a good today film. It's very drizzly outside, a little bit grey. Yeah. Get it on the DVD player. Get a lunch. Today's a film day. Yes. It's a film day. Depend. All right. Uh, short break. It- Thank you very much indeed, Petrie. Twelve minutes to uh, nine. Uh, well done to Dawn. She's got tickets for Ant and Dex. Push the button on the 5th of March, because they're now doing the show live. Oh, that's good. We yeah. need some more live TV. I that like was on live last TV. Night. Yes, it's was a bit edgy. the first time it was on Yes, last night? I think so, yes. I didn't see it. It was but... quite good. They actually worked very well together. Yeah. I'm just waiting for somebody to take advantage of the fact it's live. Yeah. Somebody will do something, you bet your bottom dollar. But she's actually going. She says, I have recorded to watch later. It was very good. It was very good. I might catch up on it later. Yeah, I didn't like it first time round. I like it better second time round. And she got a call from Jason Manford's researchers the other day. Right. uh, Asking if I'd like to be part of the show for Jason Manford to come to me in the audience for a story. I chickened out, she says. You should have just said I'm a big fan of Steve Allen. What's that for? For his stand-up show? Yes. Yes. But she's looking forward now to being anonymous in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's uh, that's today she, she's going to see that one Brilliant. as well she went to see graham norton and that's comedy rocks with jason manford today i'd love to go and see graham norton actually his show his chat show yes he had um who did he have on sigourney weaver the other day and that was really good actually yes I've, I've, I've never interviewed her actually don't forget i forgot to mention earlier on at the beginning of the show the steve allen apple iphone 3gs in my how low which is very nice indeed, very nice. And this one can be yours. Phone, iPod, 3-megapixel camera, high-quality video recorder, internet device, 8 gigabytes of memory, full-colour touch screen, all singing, all dancing, play games, play videos, browse the internet. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down. 10am this morning to play this one. You text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to 88821. So if you want to bid 6p, you text Steve... S-T-E-V-E, then six, and then send that to treble eight two. And it wanted to be one pound and sixpence. It's one oh six. And you send that to treble eight two one. Competition finishes at ten o'clock this morning. You've got an hour and ten minutes on this one. Gotta be over sixteen. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's a lovely, lovely phone to have. The Apple iPhone 3GS, the Steve Allen Howlow special, can be yours. But don't forget, competition finishes 10 o'clock this morning, so why not give it a whirl? Um, in the papers again today, the news of the world. Chris Evans is apparently undergoing hair replacement treatment. <laughs> They're all at it. Because he's going a bit bald. But apparently it's going to take 10 years. This is a 10-year course... Um, and he's hoping that there will be growth again. Apparently he's already taken to dyeing his hair because it went white. Apparently that's what happens. Us gingers go white. We don't go grey. We just go white. And actually I have found, on occasion, the odd pure white hair. No. Yes. Pure white. No No. grey, no murkiness. Quite a nice colour, actually. You started rinsing. No, no, I haven't. Because I'm assuming that's the way forward if if you are... I mean, it's all right for ladies because they just do that all the time, but blokes tend not to... Put a rinse through their hair. No. You'd have did, to did, dye Did you pull the hair out the or did you just thing. find it go, oh, that's lovely? Yeah, I pulled it out. Yeah, you see. But it, because it was on the back of my head, it hurt quite a lot, actually, when you pull it out, because they tend to be a lot stronger on the back of your head oh, than they? they do oh. at the top, yeah. 
God. Because that's why, because you lose it from the top anyway, so yeah. the follicles are weaker on the top. Why don't women, I, mean, I know some women lose their hair, but it's, traditionally it's men. Because it's sensitivity to a hormone, isn't it? Yeah. I think if you've got your colour hair or my colour hair, you lose it first. Blonde hair is weaker. Oh, OK. And whereas black hair, like sort of Johnny's, is slightly stronger. Yeah. And also there's not much of his head to cover anyway, so you can, you can take a small piece of carpet and put it over it. He's looking decidedly smug behind the glass yeah. with his full head well, it's, of hair. It's sickening when you see people, it's, it's like show business people, you see somebody in showbiz, you think, but you're 80-something, you've got a full head of hair. I was thinking that today about, I was watching um, the news before I came here this morning, and um, Charlie State, the newsreader, he's got a very good head of hair. He lives down the road from me. Does he? I see him constantly shopping in Waitrose and things Has like that. Got... And I've seen him in, in Kicks. I, I always think, no, I've been not saying it, it looks a bit naff, doesn't it? Hi, Charlie. You know, <laughs> just looks a bit naff. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. You know, sorry about that. He's always out with the wife and the kids. Chatting up Charlie They're all round our way. They're all round, <laughs> including 80,000 Italian fans last night. They're rowdy. Are they rugby? Oh, very well. Kicking rowdy. off. I tell you what was kicking off this morning outside my bedroom window at 2 a.m. All the birds. They're so noisy. Birds in the trees. Oh, right. In the, really? Not birds as in birds. Even birds in the trees, I suppose. Birds in the what, trees. Were they, what were they doing? Just Is it chirping away, chirping and tweeting, two in the morning, and they were going strong still when I left. I don't know what I got we to get chat about. We get rooks and crows around, are we? We don't get any birds, you know, tweeting or something. Well, Perhaps it's mating time. Normally they're quite quiet, aren't they, until dawn starts to break. Yeah. But no, oh, chatting away. If you're having that, do Aspo let us know. Birds. Aspo birds. Aspo birds. <laughs> That's what they're <laughs> Dear. Um, Meryl Streep can't wait to see her play Margaret Thatcher in this um, film. Uh, I'm quite excited about it. I'm a bit this. iffy about that. Are you not keen? I'm not, I didn't think she looked like Margaret Thatcher at all. She looks like a very smooth Margaret Thatcher. Yes, yes. <laughs> but the um, makeup job's very good, I think. The hair's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, she looks like a, she looks like a Botoxed. Margaret yes. Thatcher. And I'm not saying at all that Meryl Streep has had Botox. I'm just saying that the airbrushing in the picture makes her look like a smooth Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> you think she's had air airbrushing? <laughs> well, it probably, most, because it's a publicity shot, most publicity shots are slightly treated, aren't yes. they? Yes. So, but Meryl Streep's gorgeous anyway. I think she looks stunning. Whenever yeah. you see her at, on uh, events, red carpet events and things like that, she looks beautiful. I tell you, looks fantastic. Who, who played um, Larry Hagman's wife in Dallas? Um, I don't know. Swellen. Any takers? Cut, oh, Swe um, Swellen was played by... I can't remember. Somebody need, need to tell us. I cannot remember, but, but whatever it is, she's something like 68. She looks fantastic! I tell you who will know that, Christo, because he loves Swellen. Oh, do, gee, I ain't going to keep John Jr. <laughs> Swellen, you're a drunk. And Richard Arnold, he's a fan yeah, of Swellen as well. well. He would. He models himself on her. <laughs> <laughs> Not the drunken bit. I'm going to look it up. Yes, I can't remember what her name is now. Victoria Principal was Pammy, and she just looks peculiar. I've met Victoria Principal. Oh, have you? Yeah, she she came into a place that I worked in years ago because she was uh, flogging some beauty range. That's right. Yes, she has a beauty range. Yeah. She also has a husband, Harry Glassman, who's um, who's a, a plastic surgeon. Sue Ellen Ewing. Linda Gray. Linda Gray. But she looked, how old is she? Just find out how old she is. I'm sure it was something like, she's 68. She was born 1947. What well, does that so make quick. her? I'm trying they're so quick. So they're so fast next door, aren't they? So if she was born 47, what does that make her? If she was born in 47. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to work it. N none of us can work this out because we're just useless. 40, wait a minute. 90, wait a minute. I find the calendar. 60. 63. No, 60. Is that 63? Yeah. Let's get in there. And it's a Sunday uh, morning. One, one. 
minus, what did I say? You've got your calculation 1947. You've never used that facility before, no. have you? 64 she is. 64. 64. Sorry. Well, she looks brilliant for 64. For 64. I mean, she really does. I saw a picture of her the other day because they're remaking Dallas. And so is she's going to be in it? Yes. Because Larry Hagman's... Is he is do- he, he's yeah. doing it as well. And, uh, and the other one. They've done the same story in the Daily Mail today, Faking on Ice. They've got Sam and Brianne frolicking for the cameras to plug tonight's Valentine's special yeah. uh, with flowers and all the rest of it, and it's fake. So that's what they, they've and said. And everyone's going to be watching Dancing on Ice tonight as well for Jason Gardner, aren't they? Well, that's the only reason you watch it. The programme otherwise is deadly boring, I I'm agree afraid. with what you said earlier, actually. Um, He's only Car- honest. Yeah, he is only honest, and... Um, I mean, sometimes he can be a little bit harsh, but I suppose yeah. that's the that's the entertainment that's what factor. What's paid of, for? That's the light and shade of it. Yes, yes. And I think that she was entirely wrong. Yeah. Made herself look terribly stupid. He was quite right. If your opinion mattered, you'd be on the panel. You're not. But then, equally, you could throw that onto her side of the fence and say, if she hadn't uh, made a, an argument mm. and created a debate, then it wouldn't have been exciting as yeah. well. But he gets coverage. She was bland when she was on the panel before. Mm. She was boring as hell. Boring as hell. Uh, the background on Henry VIII, after he died on the way to Windsor, the tide was against him and they stayed overnight at Sion Abbey. Right. Now Sion House. They placed Henry in the crypt. His coffin was wooden. It was wrapped... Uh, the body fluids were draining out. Uh-huh. Uh, he'd been dead about seven days. Uh, Nelson's crypt at St Paul's was designed for Henry VIII. Yes, in fact, the, the, cat- the, uh, the coffin that you see in St Paul's Cathedral in the middle, yeah. which isn't very big, was made for Henry VIII. Interesting. And they, they pop Nelson in it. Nelson must have been a lot skinnier than Henry VIII. Yeah, well, it's, it's fairly wide, but it's small. It's not... Okay. It's right in the centre, downstairs in, in the crypt, underneath the middle bit. And it's lovely, but when you look at it, it was built for Henry VIII. They were all quite he short, wanted. weren't they, They as were well. very short in very those days. Very short. Little people, little, little people. Little, little tiny people. <laughs> little little tiny, munchkins. Tiny people. Yeah. Like Oompa Loompas, they were. I feel Running sorry for Tom, Tom Daly. His uh, father's been diagnosed with a second brain tumour. Oh. So we wish him well. That's sad. Because we saw them on the television. They, they get on really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, very is, close. Which is rare in this day and age. He travels around with him, doesn't he? He does, always? absolutely. Yeah. Nice man, nice family. Mm. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you. Lovely Have a good Sunday, you. everyone. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Have a nice... You know, it's not very often somebody wishes you a nice Sunday. <laughs> it's nice. So, have a nice Sunday. I'm off to the pub now. How wise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a short break for the news. Will's back in a few weeks. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning on LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen with you until 10 when Andrew Pierce comes along. Don't forget, a little bit later on this afternoon, uh, we'll be sorting out all your holiday woes and uh, worries. That'll be with Simon Calder a little bit later on. Uh, don't forget, my Apple iPhone 3GS. This is today's special How Low competition. Finishes at 10am. This is exclusive to this programme. It's got everything. The iPod, the 3 megapixel camera, high-quality video recorder, internet device, 8 gigabytes of memory, so plenty of room for music, videos and photos. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down 10am this morning. To play this one, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, then your bid in pence and send it to 88821. So if you want to bid 88 pence, you text Steve, then the number 88... And then send that to treble eight two one. If you want to bid two pound eighty eight, you text exactly the same Steve, and then two eight eight, 
and then send that to 8821. This competition finishes at 10am. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's got full colour touch screen. You can view videos, play games and browse the internet and it's fantastic. And Andrew Pierce knew straight away it was Linda Gray in Dallas because he's a big fan. So he knew that. Because, you know, sometimes you just can't remember these things. But uh, luckily, we've remembered. So, Andrew, thank you very much indeed for that one. Excellent. And everybody else, quickly. Linda Gray, they say, was born in 1940. Now, I, I know Wikipedia is sometimes wrong. But uh, on this one, you'd probably find it might be. I'm sure she was a bit older, actually, than 64. I thought she was about 68. But uh, could be wrong. Anyway, uh, Darren's back with morning us. Morning to you. Good morning. Nice to see you. It's on this miserable day outside. A bit wet. It is a bit wet and horrible, isn't actually, it? Actually, coming in today, walking through Trafalgar Square, and they were flying a Harris Hawk. Yes, I've seen them doing that in the morning. Yeah, I've stood down the there with the guy. Out, yeah. Yes. Frightens them off. It doesn't... Well, actually, it was... It, so far, it hasn't actually done anything, apart from twice where it scares the pigeons off. Yeah, it's not, it, they're not there to kill them. They're there no, to it did on this particular it. day. Oh, there was one, one particular pigeon that was happily sitting on the grass and didn't see the hawk come in behind it and it tore oh, it to pieces. Oh, but it's, it's enough to keep them... And people love watching this hawk flying because sometimes you go and sit right on the top of the building and he has a little bit of a, a mouse on his hand. Yes. Not a computer yeah, mouse. That's why they come back. Yeah. Because they're going to get fed. They're back for the food. As they say, right, we've got, uh, we've got questions to, uh, to get in for Darren. Uh, do get in quickly for the, uh, for the Apple iPhone, which is very good. And we've got my iPad up and running, which is very good news as well, which is all, which is all absolutely fantastic. Uh, Angelo from Thornton Heath says, uh, Steve, iPad or Galaxy Tab? Um, what the Dickens of the Galaxy? Have we seen the Galaxy yeah, Tab? Yeah, we, we had it. Oh, that was the one we, we, we played people, with. We were the first people to have it. I liked that, you know. Well, the Galaxy Tab, the advantage of that is it fits in your inside pocket if you're wearing a suit. It's a seven-inch it's screen, a side, yes. as opposed to the larger screen on the iPad. And it plays Flash, so you can go to Flash-based websites mm. and watch the videos of your choice, especially your favourite sites, Steve. Yes. iPad, obviously, you're um, working with things like iTunes, so if you've got lots of iTunes stuff, you're mm. going to want to work with that, so... Mine isn't syncing with my computer at the moment. Is that quite common? You're only allowed so many devices to sync with your computer. No, you be able to sync It'll it. sync them all. You need to do a hard reset. So right, connect okay. it to the USB lead. Right. And, and push the on-off and, and the home button, these two at the same time. Right. Let it reboot and it okay. reset. And that's for all those people. In fact, sometimes you can go onto the internet and find out if your iPhone jams up, which they do occasionally. Sometimes mine, the 3, 3G will disappear. You go onto there and people have had the same problems and they can, they can talk you through it. Mm. Which is good. Uh, Gladys has had a call from Windows support saying I need to update my protection from them. I paid £98 last August and that lasted six months. They say unless I renew the cover over the next few days, I'll get the blue screen and my computer will cease to work. The man said this cover is mandatory and not optional. I explained I didn't have the cash at the moment. Is this cover really necessary? Unfortunately, it's a scam. It's a scam? Yeah. Thank God for that. I mean, no, I no, sounded thank like... God for that, because she's already paid how she's much? She's already paid £98. Yeah. Pounds. yeah, no, it's a terrible scam. Microsoft will not call you. If you call them and you have a problem with your computer, then they will charge you to fix it. Right. But Microsoft w won't call you out of the blue and say you, you yeah. have a problem with your computer. So, don't, no, don't give Ignore. them your money anymore. Ignore. And actually ring your credit card company and ask them if there's anything you can do. Yes. Because it is... So a, they already have... The credit card details then don't they yeah although they, they shouldn't really be able to recharge it because you haven't authorized it but right you may, you may want to talk to them anyway but it's a scam they've also threatened her as well yeah that's terrible a lot of people have been conned by this microsoft don't ring you right okay 
Windows support. OK, so if you get that, just just be warned, it's a scam. Yeah. The trouble is they make it sound so convincing, and a lot of people, well, probably of Gladys's mean, age or whatever, would yeah. be quite worried about that. Yeah, so unfortunately you may have lost your 98 quid the first time. Oh. But don't do it again. They probably couldn't believe their luck. We managed to get that and put it well, through you, next you so we know, get some more. If they ring a 1,000 people a day and only mm. 10 people give them a 100 quid, that's still... £1,000 a day they're making. Yeah. Joe says, exceptionally precious messages from Grandma, who's since died, wiped by O2 from, from the iPhone voicemail after 30 days. O2 and Apple say the messages can never be retrieved and backup, which was done, doesn't back up voicemail. Doesn't, does it? No, it doesn't. No. It backs up everything else, but once the voicemail is gone... That's it. Yeah, you need to. The only way you can do... you save them? I guess the only way to do it would be to play back the voicemail through... Um, the speaker on your phone and record it that way but it's too late now unfortunately. Oh, it, it's just completely gone there's yeah. no way you could retrieve that at all no unfortunately joe sorry about that i know that some people do keep those it's like keeping i lost all my things one day and my photos vanished do you remember mm. and i remember thinking well where have they gone to luckily you can back up your photos because yeah. they're on the computer but you cannot back up voicemail so the only thing you can do is play it back and record it so you can keep it that's really sad because if that's your only memory but uh, unfortunately one of the uh, one of the hazards. Uh, Leslie says, you said on your programme last Sunday not to accept a repair, but insist on a replacement or full refund. I bought my husband a £229 Arcos tablet for his 60th birthday. Bought on the 30th of December. It charged OK first time and held the charge. When he went to recharge it again, it failed to charge. Days later, he tried again and it charged. Now it doesn't charge at all. Took it back to this particular shop on the Sunday after hearing your programme, but they refused to offer a replacement or refund, said only a repair. Quoted the sale of Goods Act. Uh, they said they have a 28-day policy and then only repair. Repair. Can we insist on a replacement? What we really want is a full re- refund. We've only had it for five weeks. I'm not a lawyer. I would contact your local citizens of the Ice Bureau. If you go to DirectGov, by the way, the website, direct.gov.uk, there's advice on the sales of Goods Act and how yes. it works. The good are not of merchantable quality, quite clear. If it's yeah. not working, it's simple as that. Yes. I don't know what the time scale is for um, asking for a, a replacement or a refund. I would but expect a year, to be I honest with you. The repair. I wouldn't accept the repair yet until you get it clarified. Yes. Or ring Indale's show on Thursday when they have the consumer out. That's right. And then you can get some free advice from them. But uh, uh, this particular store that you bought it from, Leslie, has the worst reputation for after-sales service. Don't forget the law is above their own rules. They yes. can't make up their own rules. No, there are laws. <laughs> yeah. so, and, of course, you'll be talking to somebody who may have only been doing the job for a few weeks and yes. got a clue. I think in this particular store, when yeah. we used to talk to uh, to Jackie King, she would say that they just aren't interested in after-sell services. It's a case of, once they flogged it to you, they really couldn't care less what happens to you, and their, their follow-up service is appalling. Absolutely legendarily appalling. All they want to do the thing is, is though, sell you these extra covers. Shop or any shop in particular, mm. all they've got to do is exchange the, that product and send the faulty one back to the manufacturer. It, it, they don't want to do that. it. I know. I they, know. They're not interested in customers. They're only interested in yeah. getting your money and selling you an extended warranty, which turns out to be useless. If you want an extended warranty, do not buy from the shops. Buy it from the manufacturer. Every item you buy... And it's amazing yeah. what they sell extended. A kettle and with an extended warranty. Oh, yeah. I ask you, how stupid. Go to the CAB website. You can give, find yeah. your local one and give them a call. And contrary to what you might have heard in the news a short while ago, the government closing down CABs, they're actually putting more money in. Because we have one in Twickenham, and it could be quite worrying because a lot of people use them. I know you don't use them as much as they you are should. A charity, Sorry? They are a charity, CAB, remember? Yeah. My yeah. uncle used to work for mm. them, advising people on all sorts of things. Mm. But the one problem is, when you go in to buy an item, you're at the mercy of a salesman. If they're particularly good, they'll flog you anything. 
But what they want is the extended... I say they make all the money, the extended warranties. If it breaks and you go back there, you'll find that the, the salesman that you're actually talking to has been moved somewhere. They're just not interested. It's appalling. I think you vote with your feet. Of course, I can't tell you which particular high street retailer it is, but there's quite a number of them. Uh, one here from Chris, who's got the LBC app on the iPhone, but it seems to cut out in certain indoor areas, also some outdoors. I'd like to know if I can get a constant connection, or is it just one of those things? If you're using Wi-Fi when you're indoors, you should have a constant connection because you're having a steady signal, as long as you're, you've got a good router. Mm. If you're listening to it via the uh, mobile phone network, you're at the mercy of the data package on your phone. So as the signal of your mobile phone goes up and down, so will the quality of the LBC app going up and down as well. Right. So if you're going in a way, you know, if you're wandering through an area where there's not a very good signal, then LBC will suddenly vanish and then come back again. It's the nature of listening to online streaming, unfortunately. I don't know if you know the answer to this one, because I've got this. Stephen Clapham has got uh, a voice incorporated into a spell checker right. on his phone, and it, it suggests words as I text. Is that how I turn it off? His, his phone has he got? Well, I don't know. He doesn't say. He hasn't... Yeah, it's on my iPhone. He's got an iPhone. I didn't um, know there was a voice thing on the iPhone. I know that it's got spell checker. Some find of the it... accessibility settings. Right. I'll have a look at it during the break. Yeah. I've actually got, on my one, I've got spell checker, and I find it very annoying. You start putting in a word, and a completely different oh, no, word. That's, will... that's, but that's not the voice coming up. It's no, just no. autocorrect. Yes. But that's sometimes it'll be things. a completely different mm, word. No. You know, you put in, you know, hedgerow, and it comes up with basket. You just push the cross button, and it will turn it off. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. right. Well, there you go. Uh, quick time check for you. 9.50. Steve Allen. Going back to Stephen Clapham's question about the voice incorporated. It's on the accessibility uh, part of your settings. And the thing, you need to go back, I think, to the computer. Go to general in your settings. Yeah. Click on there and go down to accessibility. And yeah. there are various options. And uh, one of them is automatically speak auto-corrections and auto-capitalizations. Yeah. Do not, if you've got it on your phone... Don't put it on. Don't put it on until you're near your um, computer yeah. because you need your computer to turn it all back off again. Yeah, because once you've put it on, you can't, yeah, can't put it off. This is for people who are partially sighted or have yeah. uh, visual problems. It's got everything from large text, yeah, well, white on black. We'll read the website black. out for you. We'll, we'll, I'll demonstrate it when I bring my computer in yeah. because you need your computer to turn it back off. Right. But it will read websites, emails, all sorts out to you. Okay. Uh, Mary has tried to update free AVG antivirus, but got the error message, i.e. running in safe mode, which I'm not, or Windows not installed correctly, but I am using Windows all the time. Also, if Windows has a firewall, should I down, should I download Firefox as on your site? Right. When you reboot your computer, make sure Windows isn't starting in safe mode. Read it very carefully as those words come up. If it's booting normally, then... Something is not quite right with the installation of AVG. So disconnect from the internet once you've downloaded AVG. Uninstall the version of AVG you've already got and then try reinstalling it that way. Mm -hmm. Firefox is fine. Um, there's a new version of that coming out in the next few weeks. You might, may want to wait or just download the current one. Okay. Um, there's a new version of Internet Explorer on the way. It's currently being beta tested at the moment at Internet Explorer 9. New one due for that. So try, I, I would try them both. Find right. out whatever's best for you. Just a matter of interest, because I've just loaded a card into my iPad. Yeah. How did you open it up? It seems a silly question. I stared at it for five minutes the other day, ten minutes, and then I gave up trying to actually open the... If you look on the side of your iPad, there's a little hole yeah. just there. Yes. And you put a paperclip in it, and it shoots the tray out, and that's where your SIM card goes. Or Caroline's earring, that's apparently. That's what we to use, because oh, there's, no, you there's no paperclips in the building. No, we don't have any paperclips no. at the moment. We are a paperclip. Oh, that's how it is. Yeah, so you just push it's right. on your iPad. If you're looking at it 
it's on the left hand side of your iPad. Right. And uh, this is the one for the 3G version, not the Wi Fi. Right. And you just push it, the tray will pop out, and you can put a pay as you go or a normal contract. Right. Micro SIM. I sat there for ages staring at it, thinking I must be a complete idiot. You then need to activate it, so when you get home, plug it into your uh, computer and it will activate it for you. Right. Lovely. Uh, Irene wants to know why the arrow on her Toshiba laptop keeps freezing. Hmm. This could be one of many things. Many, many things. Um, does she say how she's using the mouse? If no. If it's on the touchpad on the computer. She just says, why does the arrow keep freezing? It's on a laptop. So if it's the touchpad you're using on your laptop keyboard, make sure that's clean. Yeah. Sometimes that will stick. If it's an ordinary mouse, it might be the mouse drivers, so go into the control panel. If, if it's a cordless one, it could be the batteries could running be the out. Battery. It could be all sorts of problems with uh, mm. Windows. You may find there's lots of stuff loading when you launch your computer. You might need to give it a good old clean-up, and there's advice on our website on how to do that. Yes, that's on the LBC website. Yeah. Uh, Paul uh, Miska fell down in a ditch. Shouldn't laugh. A couple of weeks ago, poor soul. And now uh, I've got my iPhone a bit wet. It seems to have dried out, but now I see the camera won't open. The picture of the shutter is closed. What can you do about it? Mm-mm. It's a really difficult one. It's probably permanently damaged, unfortunately. Yeah. If We've said before about... Do you know what some people do? I know it seems ridiculous. They put their phone in their top pocket. They go to the bathroom. Yeah. They lean over the toilet. Don't ask me why they lean over. And the phone it's, falls in. It's very often in people's back pocket as well. Yes. And they take their trousers down and away it goes and the phone the falls in the toilet and then they go oh no then they're I, not geared for anything like I that i would um get some dry rice we've done this recommended yes. this before in a bowl put the phone in the bowl of dry rice overnight and just see if that dries it out for mm. them otherwise insurance get it repaired on insurance if you buy an iphone which is 500 pounds why would you not insure it, it it is worth considering getting do apple insurance. do insurance apple don't but um your a phone provider should, or if you've got a credit card, right? you often get free mobile phone insurance with it. You have free phone insurance with your card, for example, Steve. Ooh. You've got to register the phone. Oh, right. With who? With the credit card? Yeah. I'll tell you the trouble I had the other day, very quickly. Or your bank account. Come into town to park, and the last time, on the last car, I've got my... I can call this number on all yeah. the posts, and I can call up. So this time... I call up the number, and uh, she goes, oh, tell, me, tell me your location number. So I told them the location number, pushing the key in the numbers. Uh, and then she said, would you like to car- park car? She reads out my number. Uh, or would you like to park another car? So I click number two for another car, and she starts reading me a list of car numbers, which seem to be registered to me right. for some reason. I'd never heard of any of these people. So I said no. And so then she said, uh, right, um, key in the last four digits of the car that's registered. So I keyed in the last four digits... I do not recognise that number. I thought you recognised it last week. So um, I tried it again. I did not recognise And then she just went, goodbye. <laughs> totally automatic service. So I'm now completely... St- so I've had to find a machine where you put the card in and it prints something off. But I'm going to have to check. You need to ring them up. I need to ring them up. But yeah. I can't find how you ring these people up and actually speak to a living person. Very frustrating. Please can you ask Darren, says Tony who's in Coventry, poor soul, but somebody's got to be. Uh, why isn't LBC on FreeSat? And is there any likelihood in the near future? Capital's on there. Um, I don't know the answer. It's a management. It's very expensive being on FreeSat. Is it really? Yes, because there's only a limited number of channels available. Right. So it's not available on there. You can get on Sky. Yes, we're on Sky. Yeah, you can get online yeah. and uh, digital radio and iPhone and Galaxy Tab. 
It's just not having it on free sats. Because <laughs> we, we actually think all the other things are probably quite enough for you to cope with. And also, if it is so you expensive... You come round as well for the right price and do the show from your living room. Yes, but if you yeah. actually pay, I'm yeah, sure yeah, if you, if you yeah. wrote in... So they come round and just do it. I'll come do a show from your living room. Supposed to the I don't know. It's a good question, management. Are we going to be on free sats? Yes. Mm. I, don't, I, I wouldn't even know how much it costs. Very expensive. Really? Mm. So probably the likelihood at the likelihood at the moment is probably not, but it's available on so well, many. Well, there's other not enough room places. either. There's only a limited number of channels on Freeset. Right. So there's probably a waiting list of people. Okay. Uh, Ian is stuck with iTunes four. Oh, Every time yeah. I try to upgrade to a later version, I get the error message: iScript engine is missing from the machine. I've tried various fixes from the internet, but nothing seems to work. Any ideas? Right. I would first remove iTunes. So go into remove programs. Remove iTunes. Go to the Microsoft website and download the Microsoft Installer Cleanup Utility. Okay. All right. Repeat that Run again. The, so the Microsoft yeah. Installer Cleanup Utility. Run it and then go to Apple's website. Download QuickTime. Now, this is the standalone version, so just type in QuickTime, the free version, and then install iTunes. Hmm. That should work. Okay. But... Did he say iTunes 4 he's on? Yes. I think we're up to iTunes 10 now. Good, good. <laughs> so you Crikey, you're a, way behind. I think we've missed quite a few versions. So really? I think, I think it's 9 or 10 we're up to. So if you follow that, it should work. Right. OK, if you missed that advice, podcast yeah, the programme. on iTunes 10. iTunes 10. Yeah, so it's a very old version. Blimey. Uh, the, the, the CAB website is adviceguide.org.uk. And uh, if, if you've got faulty goods, there is Consumer Direct, consumerdirect.gov.uk. Yeah, yeah, so I mean. try, try that one as well. But just remember, when you go into a shop and they try and fog you off, the problem is with them, it's not with the manufacturer. Because you didn't buy it from the manufacturer, you bought it from them. OK? So that's your port of call. And don't be fobbed off by anybody. Stand your ground, because some shops will try and, try and get rid of you as quickly as possible. Because you just, just embarrass them. Just embarrass them. Uh, when I open, says Jerry, my iTunes store window, it only stays open for a couple of seconds, then goes blank. I would, again, go into add and remove programs, remove it, and reinstall it. Right. Sounds like it's corrupt. OK. Reins. It's amazing how many problems people are actually getting on their, uh, their computer. A lot of people, you, you must look after your computer regularly. Um, if you go to our website, there's lots of little bits of software you can download just to make sure you, your computer is kept up to date right. and ship shape. You've got, to, you've got to remember, treat it like a car. You know, you take your car in for a service every couple of years. Uh, every, every couple, couple of years? years couple I of wish. Times, <laughs> a couple of times a year, rather. <laughs> you should do that with your computer. Yeah. Every few months, give it a good old tune-up. Yes. And there's various bits of software you can do. Yes. Um, right. Uh, finally, from Calvin, he says, I'd like to transfer home-recorded DVDs to my Windows XP computer, then edit and re-burn the content onto a blank DVD. How do I do that? I would go, actually, to Wikipedia and type in DVD Ripper. DVD uh, Ripper? Yeah, if you go to Wikipedia, there's a very good page on there. Type in DVD Ripper and it gives you a list of all the software that's available and the pros and cons to each piece of software. There's loads of it and it will tell you whether it's free, how much it will do, how easy it is to use. Oh, right. Okay. So does that make, make sense to you, Calvin? So if you want to transfer home-recorded DVDs to the Windows XP computer, yeah. then edit and reburn the content onto a blank DVD... You do so edit, then there's lots of editing software out there. Yeah. Um, I would use iMovie for on a Mac, and then you reburn it using the Mac. On a PC, there's tons of uh, video editing software. Okay. Again, Wikipedia will help you with that. Can, can I edit? Yeah, you've got the software. Oh, right, right. I have the yeah. software for doing that, you right. Slideshows and all sorts. I'll tell you what I bought, strange enough, from a car boot sale some years ago. I've never used it. It's a thing for putting wording onto DVDs. 
Do you know what I mean? Where it's got the thing, subtitles, yeah. yeah. Come up at the bottom. I've never used it. You just sort of plug it in. I thought that'll be quite handy for subtitling. But Nothing. But DVDs come with subtitles now. Right. You don't need it anymore. Okay, so now you know. Darren, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. Darren's back with us next week. And uh, also, you can catch up with the gadget spot on. Uh, what do you mean? Who, who has the consumer advice? Oh, oh the legal advice yes. on Thursday with Ian. There you go. Thursday advice with Ian. You can sort out the things. But just remember, you stand your ground with these shops. They'll yeah. always say, oh, this is our policy. But in fact, it, you're not interested in what their policy is. You're interested in it's not of merchantable quality. That's that one line that they hate hearing because they hate people who just know a little bit about the law. But if, if you buy a computer and it doesn't work, it's not of merchantable quality. Steve has just sorted out and his spell checker is now perfect. Excellent. So there you go. We've got one happy person today already, and hopefully we sorted out your problems as well. Do it again next uh, Sunday between uh, 9 and 9.30. News is next. I'm going to run through my how and we'll have a chat to Andrew Pearce. LBC 97.3. Have your say on London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Sunday breakfast on LBC. A couple of wedding anniversaries to celebrate in a moment, but we celebrate the arrival of Andrew Pearce because he's with you after the news at 10 this morning. And I'm trying to guess, looking at the papers, there is no indication of what you're going to be talking about in the papers whatsoever, apart from the uh, the NHS. Well, NHS reform, major reform. Of I NHS. had that this week. I have told people that I had a phone call from my doctor saying we need to try you on cheaper tablets because we've had a, a cutback. Oh, is that right? Yes. And so she said to me, I'm going from Avrostatin to Silverstatin because they're ten times less expensive. Well, that's probably sensible, then, yeah, isn't it? but she said, let me know if you get side effects. And the chemist has said, if you're going to get side effects, they'll happen within a day or two. You said, might let me know. You might lose your hair. You perish the thought. No, apparently you get muscle fatigue, but really badly. Oh, he said, you've got to, because I've been on these other ones for cholesterol for years. Mm. Well, so, I'm going to be talking to the former independent MP, Richard Taylor, who's a GP, no. um, about NHS reform. It's, it's massive reform. And if you look at this headline in the Sunday Express, obesity is going to bankrupt the NHS. You need to lose some weight. Yeah, I'm diabetic, so I've, I've got it both sides. Well, it, it, the, according to the Express, there's a new report saying that obesity is now going to be more draining and damaging for the NHS than smoking and drinking. Well, then close down all these ghastly far, fast food places, which are all over the place. They get licensed by the local council till 3, 4, 5 in the morning. They're selling rubbish. Oh, get no. rid of them. They don't have them anywhere else. Why should we have should, them? Should we have a fat tax? Um, I agree. Somebody said the other day, there was a piece that came up about people in A&E on a Friday night saying, if you're drunk, you pay for your service. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm absolutely behind it. You turn up in A&E because you've had an accident because you're drunk, you pay. You don't pay, out. Quite. And they throw you out on the streets. So that'll you be pay in America? That'll be a lively discussion. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm also talking about gay rights. Uh, the Sunday Times is reporting today that gays are going to be allowed to marry in a church and have the same legal status as heterosexuals, I can't quite see how that's going to work because the Church of England, I don't think, is going to allow it. No. So that's going to be another battle between church and state. And then I'm going to Mallorca. Oh, right, that's it. What, you're taking the programme to Mallorca? Yeah. Is I, it good weather at this time uh, of year? Well, it's better than here. Yeah. We have had the most... I mean, look at this, it's over... I don't I mind know. overcast. It doesn't, doesn't really bother me. I, I quite like overcast. But you look at it outside and you think, what a miserable day. You know, if you're by yourself today and you've got nowhere dreary. to go, it's a dreary day. It's a dreary day. day. Well, that's why I am. Um, you You're going to go to Mallorca. I am. Lovely. Did you, get, did you go for the food or the sangria or...? Uh, beautiful house, nice people, and right. the food and the booze, and I'm going to be sport. I'm not going to do any do cooking. Anything. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that I think that's quite a nice idea. Go yeah. away, nice place. Put put your feet up for a week. Yeah, Mandy Patel's going to be there. Carol Malone, really? Sort of people. Yeah, there yeah. you go. How nice is that? Not bad. All right. Look All right. Your company after See you ten. Later. Andrew Pierce with you after ten o'clock this morning on LBC. It's twenty-five to ten. Uh, you get your free CD with the mail. I'm sure we've had free Tom Jones CDs before. I'm sure I've read in there that there was another free CD. The other day. Tom Jones. Nice. I like him. I know. With his son, who looks identical to He him. does, doesn't he? Just a slightly tubbier version. Yeah. Slightly tubbier. Nice. Uh, don't forget the how low. I did have a letter the other day, actually, from uh, Alan, who lives in Coolston. And uh, Alan and his wife, whose name is Jean, are celebrating their ruby wedding anniversary. And so what he's decided to do is uh, he's taking her off uh, for the high life at the Savoy Hotel for two nights. Which, strange enough, I walked past the Savoy yesterday on my way to Joe Allen's for lunch, which isn't quite as posh as the, uh, as the Savoy. And it looks lovely. They've got a lovely Rolls Phantom outside there. And uh, it says, uh, if you could mention to Jean that the car is collecting us at 12.30, so if you could just remember to be ready, it would be useful. So there you go. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. He loves you very much. Because let's face it, if he's spending for two nights at the Savoy and there's a car picking you up, he's got to love you for some reason. And uh, he says... I haven't been to the Savoy since I've been done up, Caroline. I haven't. He says, I hope that she has an enjoyable time. Listen, if she's not paying for it, believe you me, she'll have an enjoyable time. How nice. So there you go, Jean. Happy uh, 40th. Is that Ruby? 40, 40 years. I've beaten it, though. I've beaten a 40-year one this morning on the programme. But listen, Alan and uh, Jean, have a nice time at the Savoy. You will have a nice time. But Jean, just make sure you're ready, love. Nothing worse than a car turning out. He'll, he'll, he'll be ready. And and you'll be sort of uh, well, just do. Have I done? Have we? Have, don't, okay. You've got to remember all these different things. But forty years is Ruby. But congratulations and a big muzzle off to Marilyn and Michael Rose, who yesterday celebrated being married for fifty years. So a pot of golden years has gone past with three children: Mark, Daryl, and Amanda. Seven grandchildren: Paige, Georgia, Scott, Ed. Is it Edie or Eddie? I do beg your pardon. Francesca, Scarlett, and Liliana. Not forgetting Harry the Labradoodle. And how Marilyn has put up with Michael all these years, God alone knows. But uh, congratulations from all the family and friends. So there you go, Marilyn and Michael, who I know very well. Big muzzle toff to you. 50 years. I was saying to somebody that I was talking to my bank manager the other day and saying, how do you make a relationship last 50 years? She said, I've got no idea. I can't make them last 50 minutes. You know, it's really difficult. And I think more and more people now are single you know, even though we've got Valentine's Day tomorrow, it does, you know, if, if you're single, there's no point in looking past where a lot of people go, love you and holding out and all that kind of stuff. It makes everybody else cringe and go, uh, 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 not interested. So, but if you make something last 50, it must be a generational thing. It must be generational to make a marriage last 50 years. And I've spoken to, there's a lady in the paper today, she's 100, she's had three marriages, and she said, I've decided to remain single now. She said, you can't beat a good cuddle. You see, a cuddle's worth everything. A little snog's quite good. Snog's OK. As long as it's just, you know, friendly sort of snog. But the very idea that if you've been single for a while, all of a sudden on Valentine's Day, you want to find somebody to take home to introduce to your mother. So the worst, if you really want to get rid of any potential boyfriend, just go, let's have a look through this pro-nupture catalogue. This is nice, isn't it? And they go, bye. And they're out the door very quickly. Uh, don't forget my how low today. Have a, I hope you all have uh, very good wedding anniversaries and lots of presents and cards. I always think by doing it on the radio, you kind of save a bit of money, really. Uh, my Apple iPhone 3GS, you've only got 22 minutes to get your hands on it. Details coming in a moment. I'm looking forward to the evening show, says Shelley in Brentford Dock. I know Brentford Dock very well. Very posh, isn't it? Uh, on the 26th, my first at last, she says. Now Jelly Babies too. Woo, 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 woo. 
Yes, I, I, I'm not guaranteeing jelly babies. I'm just saying we might have some jelly babies to give away. Uh, so this is on the Mermaid Theatre. 26th, which is a Saturday. Car park next door, dead cheap, quiet end of London. Not like the busy, busy bit. And uh, John Warrington will be down there. And Christo. I'm trying to persuade Petri, but she likes to go in disguise for these things. So uh, for, we've got two shows. One at three, one at seven. Three o'clock sold out. Seven o'clock, one. Going quick. And we've got two weeks for that. If you go to steveallenshow.com, there's a link on there to get hold of tickets. Joan Hillingdon says it was Marty Kane. And, oh, my God, that house in Richmond is amazing. Isn't it? It's £12 million, though. Even if Darren, Caroline, Johnny, me, Andrew Pierce, Raj and everybody else in this building put our money together, we still couldn't afford it. We'd never get 12... Isn't that depressing? We'd never get 12 million quid together. Judy and Hay says Linda Gray is 70... Love the show, she says. Makes working Sunday mornings bearable. Jill says, in Victorian days, they said Valentine's Day was Bird's Wedding Day. I used to love Bird's Custard, actually. That's what I think of. Tell me somebody says Bird's, I think of that. Linda Gray says, Barbara, I'm sure in the article in the Telegraph this week, they said she was 70. That was one when she was wearing that red sheath gown. I think she's 72. I'm, I'm with you on that one. My, uh, also, the Microsoft, Microsoft scam has been doing the rounds for ages. My mum got round it by telling them if they could fix her computer, they'd be very clever, because she hasn't got one. You see, that's a good one with these people. I used to blow whistles down the telephone line if I got these scam people, because they're not allowed to cold call. It's illegal. You're not allowed to cold call at all. So uh, get your own back on. Say, listen, give me a number. I'll call you right back. Really busy at the moment. And they'll go, no, I'll call later. So well, you can't call later, you know, because this is a police station. I'll call you back. They put the phone down so blowing quickly, let me tell you. 20 minutes to, uh, to 10. And uh, my how low today, it's the Apple iPhone 3GS. Every time I look at mine, I keep thinking, yeah, it's about the longest my phones have lasted. And I used to have all the other ones. I found one in the car the other day. It's got a car phone. I think it's just, um, you can use it like a spare. But it's linked into a network, so I'm having it unlocked. I've never done this before. I'm sure it's totally illegal. But I'm having it unlocked, and then uh, then I'm going to put a pay-as-you-go SIM in there. But I want to make sure it's a pay-as-you-go so I can put ten quid on it and leave it there for a long time. I don't want it running out after a month. don't want any of that malarkey. Thank you very much indeed. So, with this phone, it's the phone, as you know. You know, ring, ring, hello. iPod. do 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 Music. Also, click. What a... Take, I couldn't think of the name of the song, actually. <laughs> uh, High-quality video recorder, an internet device, eight gigabytes of memory, plenty of room for your music, your videos and your photos. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. This hammer will come down in 19 minutes' time. To play this one, you just got to think of a sum of, of pence. You're looking for a unique bid. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. That's the clue. So, you play this one by texting Steve... STV, then you'll bid in pence. If you want to bid two pence, you text Steve, the number two, and then send it to treble eight two one. To bid 21 pence, you text Steve, STEV, 21, just the numbers, and send it to treble eight two one eight 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 two one. This competition finishes at 10am this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. And I don't need to tell you, because the Apple iPhone 3GS has got full-colour touch screen. You can use it for viewing videos, playing games, browse the internet. It's got everything. I've got my photos on there. In fact, actually, I, was, I, I went to a party a short while ago. I'm not a party person, I promise you. And, uh, and it was in a particularly good venue in London. It was the top of the um, building at Tottenham Court Road, Centrepoint. And the views were fantastic. I mean, really. If you love London... 
and I do love London, you stand there trying to work out where everything is, going, what's, it, what's, that, what's that building over there? What's that building over there? And I just absolutely, absolutely loved it. It was a great place for a party. Great place for a party. Of course, if we'd had Tom Jones singing, it would have been marginally better, but uh, we didn't have. Shock horror at uh, Newbury Racecourse where two horses were electrocuted in the parade ring. Now, I know Newbury Racecourse very well indeed, because I used to live in Newbury. And uh, I only went there, I say I knew it very well, it was literally just down the road from us. And so it used to get packed on race days. But what amazes me is that uh, there must have been other horses in the parade rings, or perhaps they were particularly sensitive. They say it was probably an underground cable that may have been punctured during recent drilling to aerate the ground. So, in other words, they've got cables running underneath, which I think are for the starting gates. So they run the cable underground. Presumably, I mean, anybody who works in anything like that, as you go round, you put a... I've got a metal detector. So if I'm drilling a hole in one of my walls, I move it over to see if there's anything behind it. It's electrical. So what they might have done is drilled through. If they did drill through it, though, you would get a shock. Because you're drilling, did, did, because it'd be like electricity going through it. And so they said here, uh, one of the horses was seen to wobble and then collapsed. And the, and the other one uh, had burn marks in its mouth. And yet people lead these horses around. So did none of the, the, the grooms, as they would lead, feel anything at all. It's an interesting one, this. And uh, people were saying, though, that when they touched the horse, I think in the case of Marching Song, it was only a five-year-old, they were getting electric shocks from the horse. You imagine what it was doing to the horse. One minute you're walking around, and I don't know whether or not, because of the, uh, the shoes that they're wearing, the metal shoes, whether and of course that made it even worse. Because had it just been, you know, no shoes, then perhaps they wouldn't have done anything. But the metal shoes, you've got four of them, so you might as well have plugged yourself into the grid, I would think. I mean, it's ridiculous. Although they've had a look at the cables, Mr Spence, who uh, works down there, said it's an absolute nightmare. They're, they're, they're trying to find out exactly what caused it. So, but for the meantime, it's, um, they've had to close the, uh, the ring down. I mean, they do have other parade rings there. But what a shock for the horses. And, and for everybody else, because nobody likes to lose uh, horses, because they look after them very, very carefully. Quarter to ten. 13 minutes to ten. Apparently, Peter says you can manually, manually tune your free sat to receive LBC 97.3. Thank you for that. And do you remember, cast your mind back, last November... Christine Bleakley. How are you? And she stated, I can put my hand on my heart and tell you it was nothing to do with money. This is to do with the move from BBC over to ITV to the, uh, to the slowly slipping down the plug hole uh, daybreak programme. She was lying. Papers just lodged with the court prove it was absolutely to do with money. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get the BBC and ITV to bid against each other to secure her services. That's exactly what... I said at the time, it can't have been anything else. It was nothing to do with Adrian Charles. It was the fact that she was capitalising on the fact that she had a minor bit of, uh, of a sort of success on the one show, only because of the time it was on. Only because it was the time it was on, and they had the chemistry. Unfortunately, on the Daybreak programme, there is zero chemistry. It's the most boring programme. Small wonder people listen to the radio in the mornings. But uh, it was a lie. It was all to do with money, because it generated interest. And then we saw this fake chemistry in the morning, and, and people are going, why isn't it working? And you're saying, it's, it, it's exactly the same as, how can I sort of... It'd be like taking, oh, I don't know, me... And saying, all right, Steve, very, very good in the morning, very good Sunday morning, uh, let's put him on at uh, four in the afternoon. And it might not work at four in the afternoon, because people listen, you know, at an odd time. Five in the morning, it works brilliantly, because people either wake up to it, or they, or they get carried away with the whole thing, or they podcast. And 90% of people are now podcasting, because it's the way forward. 
Go to the LBC website, tell you uh, how to podcast. It means that when you go away on holiday, you can podcast programmes. You don't have to hear the news or the travel or anything. Not that it's not relevant, but you can just hear the programme, which is always quite good. On the LBC Travel Show with Simon Calder from 1 to 3 this afternoon, you can find out how the latest twist in the bitter British Airways cabin crew dispute could be affecting your travel plans. I spoke to somebody the other day. One of my neighbours works for British Airways, and he said the unions have cocked up over this one. He said, he said, nobody wants to go out at all. His destination of the week is the Cayman Islands, the ideal Valentine hideaway in the sunny Caribbean. So whether you're seeking a romantic break or travelling solo, Simon's on call to help with your holiday planning. All on the LBC Travel Show with Simon Calder. This afternoon from 1 here on LBC 97.3. Do you go away? Do people go away? For, I know that uh, Alan and Jean are going away to the Savoy for a romantic break. Because they're going to be there for... If they're going today, they're going to be there today. They'll have tonight and tomorrow night and then come back Tuesday. And Johnny's going away for a... Is Johnny going for a romantic break as well? I've never done a romantic break because I always think it's a bit disappointing because it never... I, I think things on the spur of the moment are sort of somewhat better. A little bit too... You know, because if, sometimes if you actually plan things, it never works out the same way, does it? And I've always... You know, I'm not sure if I'm a romantic person, actually. I can't work out if I'm... I think probably secretly I would like to be. But at the same time, I'd probably think it was a bit clingy. I was discussing this with with my friend Jars the other day about sort of, you know, it's I, I prefer the chase more than the actual thing at the end. I, I love the whole flirty, flirty bit. I think the flirty, flirty bit's fabulous. I think that's absolutely great. I think it's it's amusing, it's it's fun. But then if, if somebody said, OK, I'll move in, you kind of get a bit scared on that bit, don't you? As indeed a lot of men and ladies will be getting very scared tomorrow. So if you don't get any any uh, any sort of Valentine's cards or roses, don't worry. They're doing them all over the place. Just kind of, I mean, you, you can go here to Tesco's. They've got a dozen red roses for a fiver. So you can all have them delivered to work. Just give them to somebody outside to say, listen, I'll give you a quid. Just walk into reception and say, these are four, and just leave them on the reception. OK, or failing that when nobody's on reception, just put them down there with a, with a name tag on. Or they've got um, a dozen luxury roses for 20 quid. Or they've got an all-you-need-is-love bouquet for £10. I'm not sure actually a five... I don't, to be honest with you, I quite like the look of the Valentine dozen red roses for a fiver. But there again, I probably won't receiving anything. Or some people give balloons, don't they? Some people like to give a balloon with I love you on it, which is, uh, which is very good indeed. Um, Steve says, uh, pay as you go SIM card. You'll have to make a call and receive a call every few weeks. Otherwise, the network will close the number and keep your money. Yes, that's exactly. I knew about that. So I'll just, I'll just have to make one phone call and that'll be it. I'll just use it as a, as a spare. Just use it as a spare and not sort of worry about anything else. Not that I, you know, I generally worry about these kind of things. I really don't. Uh, horseshoes are made of aluminium. If they'd been made of steel, then they'd have been like plug it. Made of aluminium, are they? Oh. Well, they seem to melt very quickly. No, they don't seem to melt. You've got to have them white hot. I didn't think you could melt aluminium like that for things. I'll have to check on that. Um, I assume the horses were electrocuted as they had metal shoes, Steve, whilst those leading them would have been wearing boots made of a compound that insulated. We will see. Yes, because that would be... Uh, perhaps it's just a particular part of the, of the paddock. Whatever it is, it's, it's, it's not very nice at all, and it's, it's a bit of a worry uh, for people there. Uh, 84850, you need drugs to lower your cholesterol, Steve, says Trevor. Uh, I do actually prescribe drugs because I'm a diabetic. So, um, and my drugs work. My, my cholesterol is absolutely normal, but only on Avrostatin because I've not tried the other sim- Silverstatin or Simvastatin. Uh, I won't know until I try them. So I'll try them next week. So you'll know by about Tuesday or Wednesday 
how I'm coping with it, because I'll either go completely around the twist or I'll be aching something chronic, in which case I will tell you, because I, when I mentioned it last week on the programme, a lot of people were saying to me, oh, I'm on uh, Simvastatin and uh, I've had problems with them. But they've said if I get problems, they'll put me back on the other ones, because I'm on enough tablets to sort of keep a small country going at the moment. I don't mind that, but I, I have questioned in the past how much money the NHS waste on diabetics. But there again, as we're prone to blindness amputation, heart disease, <laughs> plus your diabetes. There's quite a bit. And the reason you get your medicine for free is because without it, you don't, you don't survive. So that's what they do. Although I, I have argued the case in point before of people who have heart complaints and they've been taken off their heart drugs because they're too expensive. And I've always thought, I thought the whole idea was you've got to prolong as much life. But we, need to, we don't seem to have any money going into the NHS. So it would be a brilliant idea. And Andrew Pierce will be talking... Uh, around this after the news at 10 this morning. If people who are drunk who turn up in NHS, you know, the A&E departments on a Friday night, traditionally, they should be made to pay. Absolutely made to pay. Why should we give them free treatment? Self-imposed drunks turning up because they've fallen over. That's their problem. Make them pay. And then people get, I haven't got any money. Well, you're not being treated, are you then? And they'll have to argue the toss and stand there. We'll probably end up having to put police and the whole thing just doesn't become cost-effective, does it? It really doesn't. Uh, also, the papers today, uh, Julie Hartley Brewer is talking about uh, my young daughter is sending her first Valentine tomorrow to a boy she likes at nursery school. Strangely enough, I told you the story during the week that uh, Danielle, whose birthday is tomorrow, is my youngest at seven, and she sent a Valentine's card to a boy in her class when she was six. And apparently, they're still seeing each other. So, I mean, everybody else's relationships, when we say seeing each other, I mean, she, she loves Justin Bieber as well. In fact, she's quite fickle with her emotions. It'll be anywhere. She likes Justin Bieber and Hannah Montana and all these other people. But Justin Bieber, she, in fact, she's got a T-shirt with Justin Bieber on it. At seven, I ask you, you know, did you ever have a T-shirt with, sort of, you know, Steve Allen on the front of it? You know, that kind of stuff. I don't know. A little bit of a worry. Don't forget, you've got uh, five minutes left for my Apple iPhone 3GS. Somebody's going to win it. Somebody listening at this precise moment who, you know, halfway through the week will be going, do you know, I can't believe it. I actually won. I actually won Steve Allen's Apple iPhone 3GS. You go to the Daily Star today, they're offering a free luxury Valentine's uh, chocolate bar. How exciting. Nothing, nothing says I love you more than a chocolate bar. Uh, front page magazine. I looked at this earlier on. It's the Daily Star magazine with Kerry Katona on the front. She looks odd. She looks odd in this picture. I showed it to Nick Majerison. I said, why does she look so peculiar? He said, I don't know. She almost looks as if she's a waxwork. She's got this fake smile. Her eyes have gone all funny. She's got bad hair at the moment. I don't know what's the matter with her. Very odd, but of course we're, we can always vote her out in the skating tonight. Or perhaps we'll just vote Karen Barber out and make it far more entertaining for everybody. My iPhone's got everything. Three megapixel camera, high quality value, current internet device, and it can go out to memory. It's fantastic. It can be yours, and you'll get it for pennies. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down. Ten o'clock. To play this one, you text Steve, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. To bid £1.29, for example, you write Steve, one two nine in a text and send it to 88821. You make up your own your own uh, amount of money. Competition finishes at 10am this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's really nice. 
And uh, if nothing else, if you haven't won anything on the programme before, today could be your day. You'll be going, you know, I finally won something on Steve Allen's programme. Because every week when we do our Howler, we have very happy uh, winners and we get cards from people and letters going. It's fantastic. I've just won myself an iPad or I've just won a phone or I've just won a computer. I think last week it was a lady in... Where was it? Coventry or something like that. Wherever it was, I remember thinking, good Lord, we've got people listening all over the place. Probably on uh, on their sort of internet radios and other things like that. So, have a go for it. You've got uh, four, three and a half minutes. Three and a half minutes to go. And if you want to come and join us down at the Mermaid Theatre, go to steveallenshow.com and uh, there's a clicker link on there and you can come and join us for the 7 o'clock show on the 26th and we'd love to see you. Uh, Jordan's front page of News of the World. Just very quickly, I'll run through the front pages in case you've only just woken up. Uh, Jordan and Alex back together for Valentine's. No, I think there's an ulterior motive here. Uh, they reckon that uh, Prince William, for his stag do, is going to have strippers. I don't think so. Just let's face it, him and uh, Katie are living together at the moment. They've been living together for, for quite some while. Quite some while. People this morning, holidays from just under £3. Sounds like everybody's godsend, doesn't it, really? And uh, exposed on the front page, pictures that reveal Dancing on Ice's hot romance is a sham. Well, of course it is. They have to build these things up just to, to try and get an audience. But the, the thing is, all you need is Jason. He is the one who can get the uh, audience. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Steve, my doctor recommended uh, statins, however, after reading a book, I decided against them. Well, I need them, unfortunately. I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't cost the NHS so much money, but unfortunately we have to. Free, uh, free seeds with Alan Titchmarsh, worth more than £40. Seems a lot to give away, doesn't it? There must be a, a thing there. But you do, do get free, free love hearts from Martins, McColls and RS McCall. Free love hearts. Remember love hearts? How cool is that? Listen, have a great Sunday, Alan and Jean and Marilyn and Michael. Enjoy your wedding anniversaries. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at five. Don't forget to uh, check out the blog and the podcast a little bit later on. Have yourself a very nice day. And uh, you, I'll remind you, you've only got two minutes left to get your bids in for the how low for the, uh, for the iPhone. Talk to you tomorrow morning. Leave you in the very capable hands of Andrew Pierce. He's with you after the news at ten, right here on LBC. <laughs>